Hello, beautiful people. It is Monday, May 9th, 2022. In this sports show, shall commence immediately following this beat drop from Twine. Bang! There was, here we go. The boys just made incredible noises over there to signify that they are excited for this show to begin. The Toxic Table looks fantastic. At Ty Schmidt, at Boston Connor. Connor, I see you wearing a head of the table shirt. Yeah, I mean, it was an unbelievable performance by the Bloodline. They're too good. You know, sometimes you just watch them wrestle and you get kind of encapsulated by the greatness. Randy was robbed. Randy was robbed. And and granted, the RKOs, you know, they did unbelievably. How about the Superman? Oh. Into uh, the RKO. Uh, it was magnificent. Uh, Corey Graves had a great line about that. He said, um, Randy quite literally beat Superman to the punch there when he hit him with an RKO instead of the Superman punch. Mm-hmm. And I almost said on the microphone, Wow, that was incredibly clever. <laughs> <laughs> that was incredibly clever right there. I got a chance to call alongside Corey and Michael Cole last night. Obviously, we're referring to WrestleMania Backlash, yeah. which was Backlash from WrestleMania. Unreal. That happened a month ago or whatever. It was a great night, great time. Rhode Island, what a place. Yes. What a place. You gotta love Rhode Island. Yeah, good people, good energy. Good yeah, energy. Is that the little one? Uh, yeah, tiny, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. Oh, Small yeah. estate, I believe. Small estate. The arena was packed. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people in there. Very loud. A lot of wickets. Thing was pretty dope in there. Uh-huh. Super accents in Rhode Island. Really? Yeah, I think so. My driver had one of the most... One of the most. <laughs> Gotta love that. I did. I enjoyed it greatly. I was I was laughing at every. We we're trying to have small talk, but I was laughing at everything he was saying because of the words, <laughs> yeah, the way it was happen. coming out. I say it sounds like I'm talking to a fucking movie right now. That's what it feels like I'm talking to. Great person, great people, great night. Can't thank you all enough. If you watch, congrats to the bloodline. Yeah, great win. performance. Congrats to Madcap Moss. Yeah. Oh yeah, thank God. And congrats to new SmackDown Women's Champion. Ronda Rousey. The baddest. Way to go, Ronda. Fun night in Rhode Island. Hope everybody enjoyed their weekend. Happy Mother's Day to everybody's mom. Uh, Happy Mother's Day to everybody in here, Mm -hmm. mom, and significant others, and everything that's got going on. Hope you enjoyed it. At Tone Diggs, one half of the hammer. Done. Cowboys is here. You look fantastic, pal. Getting ready for summer. Hey, listen, it's 80 degrees outside today in Indianapolis. (laughs) Let's go. Let's live a little. I think we have finally turned the corner. I believe we have made the switch. Um, this is no longer a four-season state that nope. we live in. This uh-uh. is winter and summer, and we have finally made the switch to summer. Oh, the old light switch. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Used to be four seasons. This is now a light switch season city, uh, light switch season area, I assume. Yeah. You go from winter to summer. There was a little bit of a spring there. I mean, it was really cold. It was really yeah. hot. It was really cold. Yep. It was really hot. But 80 degrees, I'll tell you what, boys, we are not going to like this about a week from now. No, I can no. already tell. <laughs> I can already tell. It was no. a little thick. I can already start to sense the humidity. And beggars can't be choosers. We've been begging for warm weather for a long time and for sunshine and for good vibes and good feelings. Well, and that's what yeah. I think uh, we are because the summer, guess what? The summer brings the fall. Yeah. And guess what's in the fall? The NFL football. football. Hell yeah! 121 days. Fall brings rain. Rain, rain brings corn. corn. Corn makes whiskey. Whiskey makes my baby. Get a little frisky. Rain's a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm done with the rain. I'm excited for the sun. And that's what we have today. Mm-hmm. And not only do we have the sun outside and warm weather right around the corner, we have three massive guests today. Michael yeah. Chandler, fresh off the boot to the face of Tony oh. Ferguson Ooh. on Saturday night. He'll be joining us in about 10 minutes. Can't wait to chat with him. That first round was gruesome. Yeah, oh. battle. It really was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched it back. I mean, 
Chandler gets knocked down there with a big left. Ferguson obviously has the reach and the height advantage, catches him clean right on the nose. Does this dude have a broken nose? Yeah. Like, that had to have been a broken nose. I was watching, it was just a, it knocked him down, he gets back up, he ends up tackling him, taking him down, fucking ground and pound. It was awesome. But I don't know how these dudes don't just break every bone in their body every single fight. Yeah. Just a, a glancing elbow to the face. Oh. Like, how does that not bust you open every single time? Now everybody's obviously talking about the Thug Rose fight, which was not as. Uh, electrifying is ever cerebral. There's yeah. cerebral. Cerebral battle. Now, granted, we had a boost for that thing not to go to the judges, mm. and it seemed like very early on everybody was like, "This one's going to go the whole way." Unless yeah. somebody just has a heart attack from cardio, right? This thing is probably <laughs> going to last the entire yeah. time. Never could have expected it. Congrats to all the winners. Can't wait to talk to Chandler. Beautiful boot for the brand. Land that thing right on the jaw. Took that thing a little swing. I mean, what a what oh, a connection. Turn Jesus. Tony. Fer turn Tony Ferguson. Turned Tony Ferguson into a senior citizen. Yeah, yes. that's absurd. Just, I think his face is made out of Play-Doh. Bang! Then we got Darius Butler joining us in the second hour. He was at the F1 race down in Miami. Mm. He got a chance to experience that. Big F1 fan from South Florida. Yeah. I assume he really enjoyed all these festivities. Shout out to F1, by the way. Fucking yeah. killed it. Oh, yeah. so many people. Everyone was there. There was a tweet that said Stephen Ross is going to make the same amount of money that he makes for an entire NFL season just hosting this one event. Uh, Pro Football Talks, Mike Florio, who has a, it feels like an inside source on all the type of shit that you would never think that people would have an inside source on, like finances. Yeah. By hosting an F1 event on Sunday, Dolphins owner Stephen Ross reportedly will make as much money as he does by hosting an entire NFL season. That's unbelievable. Wild. One day, you get Tom Brady taking a picture of Michael Jordan, Lewis Hamilton, and David Beckham. Yeah. Then that is just four of the goats that are roaming around. You have every single sport genre bucket of humans, yeah. greatest people, all strolling around the fucking garden down there for yeah. F1. I mean, they got it. They have done an incredible job of marketing themselves. That Netflix documentary obviously took off. People got interested. Racing at that type of speed can be electrifying and intense, especially if you've got good personalities mm -hmm. and good money behind it. F1 might steam. Miami might be, hey, there's going to be an F1 event probably in L.A. Oh, yeah. There's going to be an F1 event probably somewhere else. I mean, anywhere that all the big money motherfuckers yeah. go to, that is where F1 will head to. And congrats to them. Yeah, unreal. I think they sold it to somebody recently. They sold it like within uh, recently. Is it all because of the Netflix thing? I think. I honestly believe that is the case. Now, the super rich yuppies have always oh, yeah. heard about it, right? Because yeah. they've always been in there. Mm -hmm. Like, I've had some friends who have been invited to, what, Monaco or something. Yeah, yeah. that's the spot. Mm -hmm. like, that's the big one. The super rich, like, oh, I'm going to Monaco. For what? An F1 race. The fuck is an F1 race? <laughs> Don't know, but... I'm like going. Rolex is flying me out there. I'm like, Rolex is doing deals now? And it's like, yeah, all the super high-end, everything you've ever heard of, Rolls-Royce is involved. I mean, mm -hmm. like all the high-end people are involved in it. I assume it's a super expensive uh, thing to operate, but... Can a track go anywhere? Like, is it just man-made for all yeah. those? So this, I know this one was, I think. It so said, was the one in Vegas, I think. Yeah, like, the, that's probably part of the reason why you they will expand a bunch because it looks like they like you don't need to build this out. It's not a massive project. Like, they just had the blueprints for what they wanted to do and over the course of however many months, like, set up the track right around the Dolphin Stadium. And couldn't you, they do cities too, don't they? Yeah, they mm -hmm. use the streets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, oh. and, can't come to Indy. Oh. No. Oh. Hey, you want to see who's the fucking best driver? <laughs> fucking get him around these yeah. streets. Mm -hmm. Who can survive? <laughs> one trip around in that F1 car. If you can survive one trip around oh. Indianapolis with those 
F1 tires. I would be very impressed. Yeah. I almost lost a moat. I almost fell in a moat today. No, oh, no. Driving down. I accidentally wasn't looking at the road for a second. Don't fucking do that. No. You got to be dialed in like you're Lewis fucking Hamilton yeah. when you're driving around Indianapolis because you are on the move. I, I honestly I was like, oh shit. If I didn't miss that one, I'm thinking there's a chance my car just does like a oh. fucking front one handed <laughs> handstand. Yeah. Bumper comes all the way chance. in. Right here in Indianapolis. What do you know? So I don't know if we'll get an F1 race, but it looked like a lot of fun in Miami. We'll talk to Darius Butler about that. Third hour, we'll have Quentin Richardson joining us, host of the Knuckleheads podcast. He is obviously NBA OG, NBA vet. The NBA had a great weekend. Guess who's back? James Harden. Yeah. Had 31 yesterday or something like that. And the step back was just as pure as it was in Houston. I mean, that could be a great team to watch. Doc Rivers was on the hot seat just a few weeks ago. Right now, they're all the way back in this thing. And Joel Embiid's wearing a hilarious mask. Yeah. So that's marketable. That's a good thing. I can't wait to hear what's going on. On around basketball, Lil Wayne said, "Luca a hoe." Yeah, what's up? Was with that, that a compliment or not a compliment? Why is Lil Wayne saying Luca a hoe? Not a compliment. Yeah, I, I think it's don't compliment. think it's a compliment. Listen, no. getting called a hoe, not good. Well, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes things change. I actually almost dropped that on WrestleMania <laughs> Backlash last night, but I didn't know what level hoe is. Yeah, like, uh, am I allowed to say hoe on the cock peacock? I don't know. I'm not 100 sure, but I almost said just like Lil Wayne said about Luca earlier. <laughs> Insert name of person acting like a real hoe right yeah. <laughs> Happy Corbin. And I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't really know how, how that would go. But why didn't he like Luca? I thought Luca was a dog. I, I thought we liked Luca. I thought he's a dog, too. I thought we liked Luca. Well, him. he is a dog. I assume he's just like a Chris Paul, Devin Booker guy. And well, that's the big story. How about the that. Dallas Mavericks folks pushing Chris Paul's family? Yeah. Well, that, that kid. The white that did the pushing. You mm-hmm. mean Foxy Generation? Kid. I saw him whoa, on the way out. Yeah, whoa, I saw whoa, Chris whoa. Paul say something to him. Chris yeah. Paul, I don't. Chris Paul very direct to him. I don't know if he said, I will beat the fuck out of you. I don't know what he said. I didn't hear the exact words. Catch outside, yeah, he said, I'll see you later. Okay, so he's going, he would have, by the way. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. With, with that little frail little white that was doing all the bullshit on the outside that has caused quite a disturbance in the entire NBA playoffs right now mm-hmm. because he's being a drunk doofus in Dallas. That can happen, pal. Yeah, and Charles Barkley, I think, said it on the post game show like, hey, what they need to do is just have Chris Paul and that kid center court, <laughs> five minutes. No holds bar, essentially Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair, but at center court for five minutes. And listen, get the hockey sticks out. Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, have everybody stand in the circle just like in hockey. That's right. Get some stick tabs. Mm-hmm. And then fucking body bag the guy that's going to get body bagged by Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Drag him out. Everybody back to their benches. Let's get back into this thing. That's easy. Yeah. yeah. What's wrong with that? We can do that. Jimmy Butler would do that. I mean, that's. Oh, yeah. Everybody, Brody, imagine Russell Westbrook and that guy from Utah staring right in the middle oh. of that thing. Oh, my God. He'd be beating the Mormon out of that guy. I feel like that kid uh, <laughs> touching Chris Paul's family or whatever, pushing, doing whatever, is kind of similar to that guy rushing the stage for Chappelle. Like, Chris Paul should be allowed. That's one of those times. He can be a hero. Yeah, Yeah. he can be a hero and and have no repercussion for beating the fuck out of that guy. And speaking of that, uh, there was a woman that tried to rush the UFC cage. And I'll tell you what, there was a security guy up on the cage, fucking set his feet, (laughs) fucking shuffled a little step a little bit. Yeah. And this lady's body. Yeah. She went flying. And her friends that were pumped. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the outcome of that is, but people are getting very, very comfortable uh, comfortable at events. And I think a lot of people, I'm like, yeah, here we go. I'm going to go get in there. Look, they turned their heads. I fucking got them. I'm out. I'm out. Everybody make sure you get a good angle of this. I'm going to get in the cage. Oh, my God. Here I come. Everybody eat shit. See ya. See ya. See ya. 
Good base there, too. Oh, yeah. And then goes right back to man the post. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got eyes on this lady all the way from. He probably senses. Go ahead and play that. Go ahead and play it. He probably senses her already. Oh, my God. Here, let me get a good base. Oh, yep, here she comes. Boom. <laughs> He does get sad. He's waiting for a stunt. He's waiting for the tackle to fucking come around behind <laughs> yeah. her. And in his head, what does he think? Does she have the little gun knife thingy that that fucking oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. psychopath? What did Bill, how did Bill Burr describe that guy? Oh, you know what Sid used to do in Toy Story? Yeah. Which is a perfect description. Oh, yeah. That's probably what that security guard was saying. What if there's a little gun knife thing on this lady? I mean, she looks small. She Kind of an unathletic run. Yeah, uh, so she's going to be able to get over this cage if she gets up here. He wasn't playing any of those games. So I ah, take a seat. Yeah, and saying this is like happening just because of that Will Smith shit. It feels like like that kind of set the standard. Like, hey, I guess we can just rush stages now and do whatever the fuck we want. You know, Will Smith very good at social media. You. Sure. We've heard him say that privately and publicly and publicly privately. Mm-hmm. He is an influencer, right? Sure, so yeah, he does sure. potentially influence other people's uh, thoughts and opinions. And maybe it is the case that. Every one of those comedians that got so pissed off after that Chris Rock thing, so mad. Yeah. yeah. The comedians got so angry. They actually even were like, we're taking notes on motherfucking comedians that aren't speaking up for this right now, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's what They're they actually pissed. were yeah. saying. Uh-huh. They were pissed because they thought that Will Smith would give some lunatics who show up at events a more of a green light to go act on their feelings or their initial feelings or thoughts. And I, I've openly said this a couple different times now, I thought they were being a little ridiculous. Okay, a little ridiculous. We're over being a little bit dramatic. You guys have seen your angle here to go. But they are the ones who have been at these shows and see these people and interact with these people who think they're funnier, smarter, and more offended and better people than you at an entertainment show where they're supposed to be coming to laugh. They get incredibly hateful. And I think they might have been right. Honestly, yeah. you're 100% correct. I, yeah. think, I think whenever you see something... How many people saw that? 100 million people? So yeah. many. 100 million people probably saw that. Oh, and he just walked back down and he wins an Oscar later. I didn't mm-hmm. even think about the potential repercussions later. But people need to know, not only will you get bodied by a security guard on a cage, you'll get Sid from Toy Story. Shout out so far. <laughs> yeah. you'll get, we got to continue to publicly humiliate these people. Also, a UFC event, like not the place to do it. You know, everyone's kind of already juiced up. Like it, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. kind of understood that like, oh yeah, someone's going to rush the cage. They're probably going to get the shit beat out of them. You get onto a football field, there's a chance you get tackled by Anthony Schlegel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Get onto a soccer pitch, there's a good chance you get celebrated, and then like sideswiped by a security person at some point, but mostly people are happy about mm-hmm. it. You rush the cage at a UFC event, you potentially get your fucking head kicked off. Yeah, you're dead. Yeah. Speaking of, joining us now, fresh off a sensational Saturday, a viral moment that we all saw, one of the best punts I have ever seen in my entire life. And then immediately following his victory, he cuts a promo in which he calls out four guys and then Conor McGregor, if he wants some, come get some. See you at the top. Ladies and gentlemen, it seems like he's there. UFC stud. 22 fights, 17 knockouts going in. So now it's what, 23 fights, 18 finishes going in. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Chandler. What's up, Dude, congratulations. Oh, thank you, man. Hey, from from one of the greatest punters of all time, uh, to say that that was uh, one of the best punts you've ever seen, I'll take it, man. (laughs) How long? Now, listen, I I know you kick, and you turn this dude into a senior citizen. His face (laughs) honestly looks like he's 75, 80 years old. The amount of impact, just the perfect delivery, ball of the foot right on the chin. Is this something you're known for? Do I not? Am I missing something? Is this something you worked on? How did you know this was going to happen? Did you know? No, it's... It's actually hilarious because I, I uh, it's not something I train a lot. To be quite honest with you, I'm more of a uh, punch-heavy striker. Uh, I don't throw a lot of kicks. 
truthfully, because I hurt my foot more times, more often than not. I hurt, I hurt myself more than I hurt my opponent. So I don't throw a ton of kicks, but we saw his hands were kind of on both sides of on both sides of his head. He was kind of leaving a lane up the middle. So I was going to throw high lows and uppercuts, um, but the kick up the middle looked like it was going to land. So I just kind of, I honestly threw it out there for a uh, a range finder, but turns out I threw it with uh, some ill intent and it landed right on the chin and he crumbled and the rest is history. Yeah, and it was awesome to watch. And obviously, Tony Ferguson's not saying that right now, but everybody <laughs> else on earth is like, that's what fucking UFC events are about. That's what, you know, you guys are both trying to do when you go in there. It's electrifying, it's entertainment. I thought the entire first round, you know, you hey, you got popped with one there. Did you break your nose? Like, does that happen or is your nose just doesn't break anymore? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got popped. You know, I, uh, I bruised easily. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, I, um, I barely get touched here and there, and I'll, I'll end up with a black eye. But, no, I uh, I definitely got hit in the eye, and it was the first time my eye swelled up really quickly like that and uh, kind of messes with your sinuses. So, um, yeah, got popped in the eye, which is good. I mean, it woke me up, um, helped me be a little bit more uh, negotiation, a little bit more uh, less eager to, to navigate those exchanges right away. Wanted to get the distance. Obviously got the uh, the takedown right away and, and did some ground and pound and then in the second round got the distance with, with that kick. But definitely got popped, man. Tony Ferguson's a, a consummate professional, a hard-charging uh, veteran. He's been a, in the top of the division compete against him and he's always tough uh, and he obviously had the reach on you and the size on you which i assume you're used to and everything like that but there was a couple moments i think dc even said like hey this is when chandler just starts fighting sometimes because you are the most entertaining fighter in there i mean you and gaethje literally tried to kill each other in there. i mean <laughs> it was unbelievable you do put on electrifying fights when you go into the corner after the first round after you had him down and it felt like they you know that's your bread basket there wrestling and throwing strikes you busted him open there when you go into the corner, what's the conversation? I, I didn't hear it live. I watched it back. What was the conversation? What was the thought after round one? Like, you guys are in for one here, or did you feel good about where you were? Yeah, no, I mean, we knew we were in for one no matter what when you were fighting Tony Ferguson. But um, I just kept telling my coaches, keep repeating to me, smart and sharp, composed and confident. You know, like you said, it's nice to have that no-quit gene, that brawler gene, that uh, that entertaining fighter gene. I know I have it inside of me to be able to go out there and, you know, fight, fight, fire with fire with guys and sling leather. But it's uh, it's even better to, to find the easiest path to victory, to be smart and sharp, be composed and confident, be a better. And that's what that's what my coach was saying. Obviously, uh, you know, got tagged a little bit here in, the, in that first round, which is good. You almost want to get touched um, to know that you're in a fight to uh, to have your wherewithal about you to to keep you on your P's and Q's. So um, they kept. You know, the fight finished in the second. So, you last time you talked to us, um, or not? Maybe maybe it's the first time you chatted with us. You talked about how you live the fighter lifestyle. It's like, hey, every day I live the fighter lifestyle. I'm all the way in. Nate Diaz just tweeted like July seventh or something, 2020. You quote tweeted that. You're like, hey, that's a ve that's a very quick turnaround. Yeah, especially with your sinus <laughs> situation you got right mm -hmm. now. I mean, let's go. That's a that's a quick turnaround. I'm here. Quick turnaround. Spin your head on its axis. <laughs> uh, axis. Nate Diaz, July thirtieth, 170 pounds. 
Lawrence. This comes after you talked about Conor McGregor in your post-fight promo that was fucking, yeah. hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. That's not easy, dead tired. That's not easy at all to keep your composure. You didn't miss a word. I don't know if you watched it back. You fucking killed that thing. What is next Thank for you? you? Anything? Are you ready to go, huh? You'll take anybody right now. Thank you. Yeah, man. I'm just, uh, I'm high on, I'm high on the, uh, the achievement. I'm high on it, it going well. I'm, I'm, I'm high on being a part of the most electrifying division in the UFC. Um, when you talk about the title now being vacant because Charles didn't make weight and Charles won, I have some history with Charles Oliveira. I had history with uh, Justin Gaethje. Had he won, uh, Connor needs to come back and fight someone extremely talented and extremely exciting. A guy who, a guy who makes people feel something. I have quickly become that guy. I put butts in seats. I'm entertaining on the microphone in the octagon in life um so i'm hoping connor comes back and wants to roll um if not fight for the title if not like we said diaz is out there uh, a couple fights at 170 man i just want big fights big platforms big opportunities big stages and uh keep on making big statements yeah because you're not just going to go relax now you're probably you taking a day two off you taking this week off what is your plan right now yeah we're still in arizona we love it out here um so we're hanging out by the pool today getting to get some sun get back to uh my newly adopted son who's like 20 days old hey congrats uh, yeah. congrats thank you thank you so we have we have our oldest son hap here right now ace is back home uh, with a night nurse around the clock making sure he's okay so my wife was able to come out here and and celebrate this uh this opportunity and then uh yeah man probably take this week off as my feet and legs heal i dislocated my pinky finger uh about 20 30 minutes before the fight uh, blocking a kick, so uh, ring your, your, your ring finger, your ring finger. That looked at, yeah, your, yeah, your ring finger. Come on, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah you my, said pinky. Oh yeah, sorry, my ring finger. No, I was about to uh, say, man, your ring finger's fucked up too. I wanted to let you know. I, yeah. I think you're so. That's in warm up. You're training and you're just blocking and you just caught you. Yeah, my uh, man, my buddy Marquez, a great training partner of mine. He was throwing kicks. I had this great idea. Warm up was already done. I'm going out in about 10, 20 minutes, and I'm like, hey, throw some left high kicks at me. I want to block him and go body shot. And uh, he threw a normal kick like he's done a thousand times at me, and I it ended up going finger fingernail all the way back, bent it all the way back. Oh, at this point, boys, at this point, we keep the adrenaline going. I said, this ain't a hand. It's a hammer. We got to go. <laughs> hammer. Go. You said you got electricity or lightning in both your hands, I believe, one time. And turns out you got one in your fucking foot, too, man. Is the punt going to become part of the arsenal now? You're going to start training that or no? Maybe, man. I, t I tell you what, that's the funny thing. I, I, Like I said, I never train it. Um, I'll probably train a little bit more. You know, I got obviously some some, uh, some thick thick athletic legs, so I can, I can generate a decent amount of power. This just worked out really well that the timing and the distance – and the angle was perfect, and uh, the accuracy Pinpoint. worked out well. You landed well. that in the keyhole, dude. I mean, that is right where you want it. You're right where you want it to be. Incredible. Yeah, I know. It's it's unfortunate, man, that that, that face is now going to live on the internet forever. Like, remember the bitter beer face? Yes. <laughs> that day on the internet, it's like, ah, bro, it's that's a rough one, man. But Tony Ferguson is a consummate professional, man. I uh, My hat's off to him. It was an honor to compete against him, and 
this is the business that, that we're in, man. Sometimes you get punted. Yeah, you're going to go. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Ty. Michael, you mentioned your coaches just kind of re- you wanting them to repeat the same thing to you throughout after that first round and th- throughout the rest of the fight. Uh, for a fight like this, how much does your original game plan like change from round to round? Like, Is he doing anything where like, okay, we need to definitely change how we envision this going, or is it you know what you're going to do going in and you kind of don't deviate from that original game plan? It's it's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I, ideally, you you don't really deviate from the, the original game plan, but truthfully, I don't have a a very strict game plan because you know you can have a game plan and all of a sudden, if that game plan doesn't work, now all of a sudden you're left with a you know without a paddle. Um, so <laughs> essentially, um, I try to let the fight progress. I like try to let the fight the fight um, kind of materialize itself. Um, Tony definitely came in with some, some weird shots from weird angles and he definitely probably looked the best that he had looked in his last three performances. So, um, I definitely had a gut check there for a second. Definitely had a, uh, a moment in the corner where I, I thought to myself, okay, we're in a dog fight here, boys. Um, so we gotta, we gotta move forward and, um, got the distance in the second round and obviously got the finish and the backflips and the call outs and all that kind of stuff. And it worked out really well, but, hey. um, those yeah. backflips were clean. How many did you hit? Four or five? Uh, four. Only four. You threw a guy out of the way, too, for that last one. Just... I did. I did. And I actually I tracked down two different people uh, to get that guy's number to text him and say, yo, bro, I just saw that video, man. I feel like a, a huge D-bag. <laughs> Sorry. But your boy was on cloud nine. I was high on an adrenaline and uh, <laughs> pushed me out of the way. Hey, those were clean backflips, though. Very, very, very clean. You trampoline kid growing up? Thank you. Uh, no, I mean, but I've always, I've always just kind of been a guy who's been able to do backflips. And people <laughs> love to see them. And I, at the crowd, the crowd cheered after the first one. So I, you know. You know me, Pat. I gotta play. To the I gotta play to the crowd. Absolutely, you're an entertainer, man. That's good for business. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Michael. You mentioned your oldest son is with you. Was that the first time he saw you fight in person? And does he know now? Like, oh shit, my dad's a gladiator, or did he already know that? Yeah, I think uh, he kind of knew. You know, my wife and I were were slowly breaking him into it. Um, you know what this event was going to entail. He went to the weigh-ins. Um, you know, he's wearing his headphones because it's extremely loud in there, sensory overload. But um, it was really, really good. You know, obviously, there was a ton of pressure. You know, you, there's a ton of pressure when your child is there, and, and it's a sport, the sport of mixed martial arts. I mean, let's be honest. What happened to Tony could have just as easily happened to me on Saturday night. You know, that's this, the game that we signed up for. Um, so it was a little bit scary, obviously taking them into a tumultuous situation where there is no guarantee that I'm going to win, even if I am the favorite. Um, but it was really good for him to see what daddy does because, you know, as I said, I, we're here in Arizona now, but I've been in Florida training while my family is in Nashville and I go home on the weekends and it's my sons will know without a shadow of a doubt that every man has to work and every man needs to be selfish for seasons in order to be completely selfless for the family. So it's nice for them yeah or him to see what daddy does on fight night to bring home the bacon for the family and provide and, and, and create a legacy because this sport that I love takes me away from him. So it was a, it all came full circle and it was a really, really good weekend, man. What a way to help 
you know, explain the entire thing to your kid. Like, let me tell you why I have to go train because there's a chance that that bitter beer face is your dad's face. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, we need that not man. to happen. You know, and also UFC environments, those arenas are electrifying. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he learned some stuff from looking around too. <laughs> yeah. you know I mean, yeah. I'm sure he saw some yeah. things that he may not have seen. Exactly. I'm glad he had his, I'm glad he had his, uh, his headphones on. Yeah, yes, Mark. Good call. Go ahead, Tony. Last uh, question here, Mike. Thank you for your time. Go ahead, Tony. Michael, you kind of talked about it earlier um, that Charles missed weight by half a pound, so the title's vacant now. And then you talked about also fighting at 170. What do you walk around that? And if like if you do fight at 170, do you just have to cut less or do you get heavier during training camp? How's the, how's the weight situation work with 155 to 170? It's a, yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, so essentially because Charles missed weight, that title became vacant. Justin Gaethje could have won the title, but Charles Oliveira could not have retained the title. Um, and since Charles won, the, the title is now vacant. The UFC has since said that he is now the number one contender. So if if uh, if I fight for the title, it would be against Charles Oliveira. And then, yes, yeah, as far as fighting at 170, to be honest with you, uh, I'm already a pretty big 155-er. I will be 190 uh, 190 to 192 in the next Jesus. two, three weeks. Um, once my body kind of fills itself <laughs> back up and then, then I'll just get lean and get in shape and cut a little bit less weight. I'm not going to put on any muscle mass. I'm already pretty big. I'm pre- already a pretty big boy. I don't need any more muscle mass, uh, to be carrying around the, the octagon with me. You're a stout fucking guy. Huh? First, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll try to be yeah. slot receiver, man. Slot receiver. <laughs> Gotta take those hits. I, I think the cool thing about you and you're a baby face in this whole thing because I think everybody enjoys your your mission, your drive, your entertaining, your fights have been awesome. And you've been a champion elsewhere and still keep striving and striving and striving for more. So I don't expect you to bury anybody, but when somebody misses weight, what is that viewed like amongst other fighters, right? Like, hey, we all are in this for the card, right? We're all making money together. You didn't is that how it's viewed? Like you didn't hold up your end of the bargain, or is that possible for anybody at any fight to potentially miss by a half a fucking pound? Yeah, I mean, I, I will definitely never say, never, ever, ever give the benefit of the doubt that it's that it's a, a possibility, man. You're you got a contract and you sign that contract on the contract of weight. I have I have weighed in now thirty times in mixed martial arts and a hundred and something times before that in the sport of wrestling. I have never missed weight. I don't say that to impress anybody, but to impress upon you that there's just there's the weight cut started way before that last morning. You know, the weight cut started way before that last week the weight cut starts 10 weeks 12 weeks before the fight when you consistently are disciplined inside of the the kitchen consistently disciplined with your supplementation consistently disciplined with your road work your cardio the extra work that you need to do and i would never kick a man while he's down i mean charles is not exactly down he still won the fight but it was unfortunate for him that he is not the champion anymore because he missed weight but um there was a you know, there was obviously a sentiment that everybody was just dumbfounded, especially as a champion. You know, you when you become the champion, you have even more of a reputation to uphold. And making weight is the first, the first, uh, the the first commitment that you make that you have to see through. And I've never missed weight, so I've never been that guy. But um, you know, I'm sure Charles will clean it up hopefully in the, in the future. It's miserable, huh? It is miserable weight cutting. It is the it is the worst thing in the world, Pat. You know, God only. <laughs> There's only a couple uh, real necessities in life: oxygen, food, water, and uh, your uh, two of them are on short supply. Uh, so you're calorie restricted, and I mean, just like you said, man, I'm probably 182 right now. Uh, my body feels good at 
in the upper 170s and in, in the mid 80s, uh, even in the 90s. My body just feels good. I feel like a normal human being. When I start creeping down into the 70s, definitely into the 60s, I start feeling like a small child. So uh, I'm trying to try to not feel that way anymore, man. I just want to be, I just want to be thriving. I just want my body to be moving and, and uh, firing on all cylinders. Once I get below 170, it just, uh, it, uh, it's no bueno. I like the fact you called out Connor at 170 because in your head you're like, also be good for me. I definitely played to Connor right now. I know Connor's talking about fighting at 170. He's looking big. He's looking beefy. He's looking dangerous. I love it. That's the that's the Connor I want to fight. Uh, not to mention the fact that yeah, if I ain't gotta make ain't gotta, gotta make one fifty five, let's go ahead and do it at one seventy. Yeah. Do it with them big old one seventy hands. Uh, we'll get back to the celebration. We can't thank you enough for joining us. Can't wait to see who you fight next, and uh, we'll see you at the top, boss. Yeah, I'll see you at the top, man. I really appreciate y'all. Thank you for having me, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Chandler. Thank you. Yeah! Toxic Table is here, looking fantastic. At Ty Schmidt, at Boston Connor. How was your guys' weekend? Pretty good. Hey, and today weather's turning around. What's well, not to feel great about? Yeah, yeah the mm-hmm. sun's out here. This is a big day. At Tone Diggs, you look fantastic. How was you your weekend, fan. bud? How good, was your weekend? Good. A lot of yard work uh, this weekend. You know, it's that time of year. Get your things done so that you can enjoy the rest of summer. Yeah, you're a, yeah. you're a real man. Hell yeah. He was posting stories on his IG of all of his, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think he bought some pots with some uh, shrubbery in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I bought that. some. I ripped out a bunch of fucking dead piece of shit bushes and replace them with new better looking ones I, let's get the yard looking right so okay. i just moved into a, a new not just but this is my first spring summer in this oh, new house summer here we go yeah it's interesting it's very interesting watching everybody fly by it's very nice i, I got a house on a lake like an hour and a half north of Correct. indianapolis so it's starting to get active you know here it's getting active during mm-hmm. the mother's day weekend and as the uh as the sun is starting to shine. I was like Michigan. You know, it's not bad. You know, it's not bad. It's a little bit of a haul every single morning in here to the show, yeah? especially yeah. after, like, last night getting home late after WrestleMania backlash. But my neighbor has a tree that is despicable. Come oh, no. This tree just, it drops shit. All like little these little, little helicopters. No, not helicopters. These little beady looking fucking things. Uh, it's like four worst. or five beads. It's just all over the entire backyard in our back area, and I'm looking. the The trunk of the tree is in their yard, but that thing grows right on top of my thing, and it's just shitting and dumping all these beads in our entire back area. And I don't. Is that just a spring thing? Is this going to be all summer? And what happens if I just yeah. saw that thing down? Well, if it's grown into your yard, it's 50-50, so you can go out there and cut the top half of it off. Is that real? I don't know if you're telling the truth. I, think I don't so. think so, but uh, I mean, you I could. I thought it was trunk, because let me like, tell you why. When I was at my last house, and I moved in, and every tree on the property decided it was time to die then, right? and they were just falling all over the place, mm-hmm. everybody pointed back to where the trunk was planted into. Oh, this is technically... Your tree. And every one of them was my tree. It was unbelievable. Had so much lumber, so many fences to fix, so many backyards to figure out. I don't think I'm allowed to do that to the neighbor's tree. But I, don't I mean, think that's the so. best There's of both worlds, right? You don't get any of the shit in your yard. He still gets the stump of the tree about mm-hmm. halfway up in his yard, and it'll probably never grow back while you're still living there. I mean, I feel like everyone wins. Can I just substitute that tree for, like, a pine tree? Just go ahead and oh, sub that one out? Yeah, aren't they? A get a Georgia pine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's, like, airspace. <laughs> like, if it's above... Your house, you know, it's airspace. You tell them, hey, hey, boss, uh, I'll pay for that tree to be cut down, or I'll even get you a new tree. 
if that, if that works for you. Just See, get this one the fuck out of here. That's good. They were having a block party, I guess, outside the, uh-huh. uh, up on the street. Uh, people love their trees, man. Take yeah. years to grow those things. There's no way these people were nurturing this fucking tree. Yeah, I mean, there's no. Know. This tree's 150 years old. You know, <laughs> I, point. I almost feel terrible. I like, almost want to build a net around the fucking thing, like the suicide nets they have around buildings yeah. so those <laughs> things won't hit the back. But it's going to become an issue. I'm learning about the new property. They had a block party last night while I was not home. Uh-huh. I guess it was right outside of our house. The dogs for two, three hours barking. Oh, jeez. <laughs> nice. Sound like a great time. I, yeah. I got a couple of FaceTimes from the block party that was happening outside. It looks like a friendly group of yeah, people. Yeah, sure. Okay. I, was like, I don't know any of them because, okay. you know, it's kind of been cold. We've been yeah. locked down. But I can't wait to meet everybody and maybe put a new tree in there for the neighbors. Joining us now is a man who is the head of his HOA. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He runs the Homeowners Association, not only of the Hawkeyes, but the Hawk Compound, which has five other houses. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In the middle of Columbus, this Ohio State legend has staked a flag and said, this is my land now. Mm-hmm. He will never leave. He drives with two feet. He falls asleep while he's driving. Mm-hmm. Has mangled fingers, wakes up every single morning and works out. Then he flexes his college football national championship ring, his Super Bowl championship ring, his Ryder Cup championship ring, and his COVID survivor yeah. necklace. Ladies and gentlemen, an absolute champion of champions, A.J. Hawk. Yeah! <laughs> What's going on, AJ? What's up, guys? Appreciate the uh, the great intro there. I you can I think you can technically trim his the limbs off of your property, and if the guy is sensitive to that, because I think Evie is right, people are really weird about trees. You have to just slowly poison it, and hopefully it dies <laughs> for the next three to five years, like Alabama. Oh yeah, yeah. so then it can't Rusty trace nail. it to you. Okay, so how do I do that? I just put water like bad shit into the ground. I inject it with stuff. Isn't it just a rusty I don't nail know. that kills the tree? Is that what that guy did in Bama or Auburn or whatever? I think it depends on the tree. I, this tree looks tough. I mean, it's dumping all over my pool. This tree is yeah. talking shit. Aren't these the- people old and senile? Can't you just cut it down and they won't even know? Listen, I have not met them yet. I do not know their ages. Okay. I, I don't think they live there full time, though. I believe that is a a destination place they travel to during oh. the That changes things, too. You think it's good or bad? I think it's good. Good. Yeah. They They're probably not- don't care about the tree as much. Yeah. So this... This says you can drill uh, some holes around the tree and pour some Roundup, a very small amount of Roundup in there. (laughs) (laughs) And you got to do that in the cloak of darkness. Yeah. Yep. Within like, you know, year year to three. three. I'm not doing that. I'm going to wait and see if this thing dies with the spring. Nick, we don't need it yet. All right. We'll send in SEAL Team Nick whenever. (laughs) Okay. When things get a little bit too crazy in the summer. AJ, uh, great to see you. How was your weekend? I hope you celebrated Mother's Day properly. You know, you were a week ahead of time. Yeah, I was a week ahead. It was it was great to be prepared, but yeah, Mother's Day went off without a hitch around here. Okay, awesome. I know you watch WrestleMania Backlash. This is the All first. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, I I worked the last three matches. I watched the entire thing too. I was very lucky to be there. The um, the thought though, AJ, that the Kentucky Derby happened. An F1 race happened. The NHL playoffs are happening. The NBA playoffs are happening. Michael Chandler punted a guy's head off. And Canelo lost. And WrestleMania backlash. I mean, what a weekend. This was a fucking packed weekend, AJ Hawk. What what was your top thing then from the whole other than WrestleMania backlash? What was your top event that was like? You're right. There's a lot of high flying things going on this week. So so fascinating. So the F1 was just so peculiar uh, peculiar to me because what I had heard about that place. It turned out to be 100% true. Like, my thoughts were like, oh, it's just where all the super rich people and famous people all hang out and spend a lot of money and make a lot of money and race cars. 
That's exactly what the F1 event was <laughs> in Miami. We'll be talking to Darius Butler in like six minutes, who was down and around all the festivities all weekend. That place looked amazing and awesome. Then Dick Strike. I mean, I didn't hear that name one time. I heard Taiba Cyberknife. Secret Oath, by the way, did get away. TVG Mike has a winner on 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 record here on this show, which is great. But Dick Strike winning is awesome. That's only you know, the, the whole coverage all day, fascinating. You know, they had Dale Earnhardt Jr. clap for a guy riding a fake horse. And I'm like, what are we doing with fucking Jr.? I, I missed that one. What happened there? I don't know. Who's the other guy with the curly hair? He uh, has a great voice. He covers horse racing. He must be the local aficionado. Always has a loud suit on. He's in the coverage all day. Seems to be a pretty cool guy. Seems to have a good time. But he was, they were doing a bucket list around Churchill Downs. And one of them, I think he was on a... And literally, it was as I turned on the. I almost, I videoed it. I almost put it on the internet, but I didn't think Junior deserved it. So sure. <laughs> it was as soon as I turned on the coverage because they have six hours worth of coverage yeah, right. all day or whatever, covering the entire uh, day from the downs or whatever. Didn't get Drewski on her enough. I didn't think. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I could have got Drewski or Jack Harlow on there a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, was that about? You know, and the boys. But as soon as I turned it on, he was riding a, a wooden horse, <laughs> and Dale Earnhardt Junior was clapping for him next to it, and then he went into a commercial break, and I'm like. My fucking junior. <laughs> Can we not have junior doing that? You know what I mean? Like, if if that horse is fake racing, and I would like, if we're having a fake race, I want fucking junior on a goddamn horse. Yeah, that's yes. right. Get him on the Mountain Dew horse. That's what I'm talking Ooh. about. The, the even the fake one, whichever one he wants to get on. But that guy, I didn't know who he was. Oh, so. Yes. The coverage was fascinating to me. I thought that was very interesting. It looks like a blast down there. You go every year. This is your first year not going. How do you feel about it? No, it's not my first year not going, but oh. yeah, I've uh, what? What? I've gone six or seven times, I would say. It was I got back, we watched uh, I didn't watch a lot of the, the lead up to the show, I guess, to the race. I heard the race is going on about seven, so I turned it on six forty five or so and what a story, man. The best my favorite part was that that jockey had six races the day before in Cincinnati Cincinnati at Belterra, a place that not too far from where I grew up, and he only won one of the six races. Yeah, well, it's just all about the horse. Nice. Uh, if Dick Strike was on uh, it, on the Belterra tracks, probably going to win. Mm -hmm. This horse, I don't know what it was doing before showtime. I don't know why it was 80 to 1. I don't know how it had performed. I should have done more research. This thing's biting dudes and horses. That was the fa that was my favorite part of the whole show. This is a badass. <laughs> this is a dog. Yeah. Hey, this horse is a dog. dog. Will he race again? I mean, assume that people are going to think he yeah, was... He's trying to get a triple crown. What do you mean? Yeah, but I mean... Doesn't this happen? Like, people win, and then they yeah. test them, like, a day after. Oh, oh yeah. And oh. Doing cocaine or something before. Well, what? that happened for Bob Baffert, but... Bro, Dick Strike that, was biting horses oh, and I know. people. Yeah, he was wrapped up, It was probably. an 80-to-1 odds. <laughs> yeah. People are naturally going to say, was there something piped through Dick Strike's blood? You think they, yeah. You think they? he had a runny nose before the fight, and they pretended to put a Kleenex up to it, like... And then sniffed out of the Kleenex. I don't know if they're doing coke over there. Is mm -hmm. that what they're doing? That's what Connor just said. Well, I mean, yeah. that is, that's an interesting possible. clip, Diggs. He's talking about the Amber Heard clip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What happened? She went to wipe her nose in the courtroom, and yeah, so weird. It certainly looks like she takes a bumski out of a out of yeah. a Kleenex yeah. while she's on the stand. Kleenex that's could certainly fit some cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking about him talking about the box. Mm -hmm. That thing's still going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Wow. I seen a petition trying to get her out of Aqua, man. Uh, I believe uh, Nick and Zito have signed it many times. Yeah, I signed it 45 <laughs> times. That's not how it works. Wait, she's already in the movie, I thought. <laughs> they already filming. That's not how petitions work. They might be able to just edit her out. You know, you saw what that last fucking studio did to Star Wars. That's uh -huh. right. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's edited out whole parts of the movie. Bullshit. Mm -hmm. That doesn't even have to make sense. I'm pissed about that. Yeah. 
Still, Me too. Still to this day, I'm mad about it. I hate you see the uh, trailer. But anyways, I don't think Dick Strike was snorting coke out of Kleenexes. Oh. No. Amber Heard might have been. I'm not sure Dick Strike was. What would be the thing, though, to get it all juiced up, right? Wouldn't they just shoot it with some sort of... Not, by the way, I think that's not good. That's not great. No. But if this was any other sport and somebody that, that is that big of an underdog ends up being dominant... By the way, catching up and being dominant and then starts biting humans and other uh, players and things like that, people be like, well, that's not a sane horse right there. No. Maybe bath salts. That's what I'm saying. Maybe. Maybe smoking some spice. See, I assumed the guy who worked for Churchill Downs, who uh, Dick Strike bit, was like uh, Sean William Scott in old school. Yeah. Like before, oh, yeah. went in the sable and was like, the motherfucker. <laughs> it was like, yeah. you know, grabbing his things. Yeah, he was like, to one. This, you ain't never going to be nothing. Exactly. Uh-huh. So he was like, all right, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to win. And then I'm going to try to bite this fucking guy's <laughs> arm off. I'm going to find him and bite his arm off. Yeah, his legs well. Yeah. You know, the guy was yelling, act like you've fucking been here before. And Rich Strike was... I haven't. I have not. Sorry. I have not. This is a new norm for me, but I enjoyed that. Um, the James Harden's back is cool. I think mm-hmm. that's good news. We'll talk to Q Rich uh, in the third hour about that. Host of the Knuckleheads podcast. He was on uh, him. He was on first take, I believe. Yeah, last week. Mm-hmm. Last week, mm-hmm. killed it. Yeah, crushed. Done good. He always is good for conversation. The NBA is taking off. Lil Wayne called Luca a hoe. Not good in a negative way. Well, no. yes. Come on, AJ. You never know, man. I don't know. I mean, Luca's a monster. I think you do. I, I, what do you have bad to say about him? I'm, I'm pretty sure, and I, I might be wrong here, but I think anytime somebody Luca a hoe, <laughs> I think that's not good. Yeah. I, I, I believe. Just trying I, to clar- clarify. You know, you never know. Joining us now is a man who might be able to clarify it a little bit better for us. He is an F1 super fan. Mm-hmm. Was around all the festivities this weekend, although we did not see him in the photo with Michael Jordan, Lewis Hamilton, David Beckham, and Tom Brady. He was right next to them. Kind of fucked up that they edited him out of it. Yeah, what the hell? Unbelievable. This dude, never a hoe. Ladies and gentlemen, nine-year NFL vet, host of the Man to Man podcast, friend of the show, and chugged so many beers two oh, weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Darius Butler. Yeah! What's good? What's good? Hey, you look fantastic. You re- you recovered. It took me a few days. It took me a few days, dude. Man, me, you, you and me both. I got back on the horse, though. I'm back already. Missed your flight. Don't quit me. Ain't no hoe in my blood, baby. Hey, there it is. <laughs> okay, Luca a hoe is not a compliment from Lil Wayne. Uh, not at all. Why is that? Why do you call him a hoe? Uh, I think uh, him, and, him and Chris Paul are pretty tight. I think they go back a long way. I know Luca uh, got Chris Paul filed out, did a lot of flopping. Chris Paul does a lot of flopping himself. So I think it probably has something to do with that. But uh, that, was, that was strong coming from Wayne. I didn't expect that. Yeah, a lot of retweets. And Luca probably heads back and goes, oh, fucking Lil Wayne. Shit. Call me a hoe. What is this all about? I saw a video of Kevin Durant of the type of gymnasiums that Luca and uh, Joker grew up playing in with, uh, like, flamethrowers, basically. Flares. And flares. (laughs) Flares, yeah, shit was crazy. Hey, those dudes aren't bothered by nothing. Those those dudes don't give a damn about anything over there. I wonder how it will react to Lil Wayne. Let's move on, though. You were at the F1 event. It appeared as if it was the most amazing event of all time. Is that what it was down there? Did Miami kill it? And will it be back every single year now? It was awesome. It, it was awesome. It was, um, you know, everybody was excited about it. Pretty much it had a Super Bowl vibe to it. And that's basically what F1 does. They go from city to city um, around the world. This was obviously the first one in Miami. Everybody loves Miami, uh, loves to find a reason to get here. Nice. And I know it's a 10 year commitment down here. They got one in Austin. And then next year in uh, Vegas, they'll have one as well. But, you know, you saw the report. You saw the tweet. 
Steven Ross made as much, you know, this weekend as he as he will all season hosting NFL games. So I'm sure other owners, other cities would be jumping up to try to bid and get their city on the uh, on the schedule as well. But it was crazy. It was dope. Um, obviously, a lot more fans are getting into it. I'm sure half the people there it was probably the first time ever going to a car racing event. Uh, but it was it was dope. The whole weekend was exciting. Debo, what is what is it like, honestly, for somebody that doesn't know anything about F1? I know Netflix had the series and it took off and everything. What was the day like? How long was the race? And what did you do the whole time? I mean, the race, the race, probably like an hour and a half from start to finish. Um, and it, did you it really watch any of it? On- a lot of those. One of those cool events, you end up going and you don't watch one ounce of whatever the sporting event is. because He's talking about the derby, and he's always blacked out on cigars. Yeah. Oh, golf, yeah. golf tournaments, I mean, anything it, happens? Absolutely. I mean, it, it depends on the vibe. The place I went to, obviously, you see me, I'm decked out in McLaren. McLaren had a shitty uh, weekend on the track. But uh, they show hospitality. I was a free agent going to, into this thing, so I signed a one-race deal with uh, McLaren. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, it it depends on where you're watching it. You know, I, I it was in it was in the McLaren race house, so the hospitality was great. Uh, food, drinks, TV. You know, people right. just talking. So you don't watch the whole race. You're not glued to the track, and obviously it's a big ass track, so they're going you know all around. Uh, but you know, as it gets close, when there is an accident, the, regardless of whatever lead the the lead racer has, all the cars get grouped back together, and that made it more exciting. But uh, I mean. The thing about the one bad thing about the race, I would say, wow. is going into it, there is no rich strike. There is no dick strike who's going to make an upset. Like, you kind of know one, two, maybe three teams or drivers going to win it. So, Max Verstappen won it again. It's third race of the season. Every race that he's finished, he's won. And every race that he didn't win, Charles Leclerc from uh, Ferrari won it. So, But it was exciting, man. The fans were into it. All the celebs, obviously. The real F1 fans, though. It was a little too much for them. Oh, you know how we do it in America. We, we, you know, uh-huh. we're, we're going to throw some extra shit on it to put our little sauce on it. But uh, it, it was fun. It was exciting. We do that to everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. A- a- literally everything. We can't help ourselves. We did it to hockey. Look, we created the NHL. You're welcome. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. We did that entire thing. Wait until the next time F1 comes back to America. Mm-hmm. Oh, you thought it was bad that first time. Now we got a, now we got a blueprint of yeah. what we can oh, yeah. add Ve- on. Now Vegas, they got to outdo Miami. Oh, so Huge. Chris Angel is going to be coming down from the McLaren house right into the the Lambo house, Mm -hmm. right over to the Rolex place. And then you... One one second later, he's going to be driving a car on the track. He's winning. Yeah. yeah. He's somehow in the lead. Holy fuck, Chris Angel did it. Anyways, I don't want to dive into why the same people probably win because it's probably the most amount of money invested in the engineers and the car and everything yeah. like that, which is like, I think, indie car. But let's talk. Did you talk to any of them about the growth that they have felt? And is like you, is everybody else interested because of the documentary on or the series on Netflix? Did they feel like that was legitimately the game changer for them? Because I'd always heard about F1 because IndyCar's yeah. here. It's like, oh, the European one where all the big money is. But now it feels like there is genuine interest from fucking everybody in America. That's not easy to do at all. Deep yeah, I mean, Netflix, obviously we know how powerful uh, media is. So Liberty media uh u.s company bought f1 uh back in 2016 for like four and a half billion and they made investment uh with the netflix docuseries you know, four years of the drive to survive and that just got renewed for season five and six but that just brought a crazy influx of viewers and uh engagement into the sport and that and now they want to obviously they saw the untapped potential in the u.s market 
So uh, it's going to continue to grow. Uh, but this has been huge, you know, worldwide, internationally. Obviously, they go, they'll be in Barcelona in like 12 days doing it all over again. So it's, it's really crazy. What? It's like a Super Bowl. It's kind of like the WWE. You pack up and you do another show in the next city the next week. So they'll be uh, back on it. So you basically, and then Miami, you're hosting it for 10 years now. So you're ba if you're Steven Ross, you're basically hosting the Super Bowl 10 years in a row. So I'm Jeez. sure other owners, other people with money are going to be like Charlotte, for instance. You know, the Panthers, Charlotte's obviously a huge racing uh, city, Carolina's. Uh, so I'm sure they'll probably try to get it in as well. So it's crazy, but the growth has been crazy. And it's, you can definitely tell, you know, the drive to survive fans that got in. You know, the, the guys who've been, you know, like me, you know, I'm, I'm a season one through four kind of guy. So I'm a little <laughs> veteran. You kind of got the season four crowd. And then you got the, the guys who've been around it their whole life. So it, it was it was interesting, an interesting crowd to be around uh, for the weekend, to say the least. Though. A thing. lot of a lot of very, very bougie, wealthy, yeah, yeah. you know, it's been dominated by that group for a while. So hopefully more people get into it. Yeah, it was certainly fascinating to watch. And because, you know, normally they would just only rate Wraith in Barcelona. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because uh -huh. yeah. normally yeah. Barcelona and the likes of. <laughs> Of Kanth and right. other cities like nice. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is something that would host an F1 race. What was that second city? Kanth. Where is that? It's in the, the south great of film festival? Yeah. yeah, come on. Yeah, it's in yeah. the south of France. Near nice. well, Matt, it is near Nice. Yeah. Right near Nantes. Right Nantes. is Nantes. Yeah. Nantes. Mm -hmm. Matt Verstappen never lost, actually, at Barcelona <laughs> either. Well, merci for that mm -hmm. information. Anyways, um, Darius, let's move on to the NFL. I'm happy you had a great weekend, and I'm excited that your fanhood has been paying off. Yeah. yeah. Hey, there you go. Good. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm I, getting it. I got in at the right time. Well, NFTs are dead. Did you get in at the right time for that or mm -hmm. not? I don't want to ah, talk about it. I, I never got NFTs, but cryptos, they're, they're, they're getting smacked too. But, you know, that's the long. it's been a long ride. I've been telling guys from the beginning. Long term, man. Hey, that's right. Long Diamond hands. That's right. Hold. There's a lot, there's a lot of people. Hold. Hold. Don't don't invest your, your mortgage and your rent money into a lot of people going back to jobs that they didn't want to fucking go back to at the time <laughs> here. So everybody, you know, stay in your lane. All right. So I mean, financial <laughs> advice has been at an all-time high all mm -hmm. around the internet. We had 15 experts in here at one point yeah. on numerous different things that either oh, didn't yeah. exist a week beforehand and then probably don't exist now. Right. But that's the world we live in. It's awesome. Let's yep. talk about football a little bit here. Richard Sherman said, uh, basically, now, I don't think it was that big of a shot. He kind of kind of backed off the answer a little bit. He, he left it open-ended. But he talked about how a quarterback with long sleeves and gloves, do I think he's the quarterback of the future? I don't know. Sherman said a picket. It's hard for me to trust a quarterback who wears gloves all the time. It's just different. It's just different. I just have a hard time with it. But he slings it. He's effective, and we'll see how effective he is in Pittsburgh. They do a great job developing guys. They haven't had another quarterback under center starting consistently since Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, Ben's been there for, what, 13, 14 years, something like that? And so that'll be interesting. Headline was... He doesn't trust somebody that wears long sleeves and gloves. Full quote, though, kind of like, who the fuck knows? Which is kind of how this comes from the Richard Sherman podcast. Kind of how we have to view everybody that gets drafted, by the way. We have no idea who's yeah. going to make it, who's not going to make it. Do you think Kenny Pickett's, you know, entire glove, you know, long sleeve? It's been a conversation by a lot of people saying that ain't my type of quarterback. Kurt Warner yeah. had success, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Peyton Manning had success at the end of his career. Teddy Two Gloves almost had an MVP before he got injured with Two Gloves. Is it yeah. just a, such an anomaly we don't see it as much? It's not as respected? Or is there something to it, you think, D-Butt? Uh, yeah, I don't really think it's anything to it. If he would, for me, if Pickett was going from, you know, California to Pittsburgh, it may be something to it. But the guy's been playing in the same city 
uh, for the last, what, three, four years. So him standing the same. If that's how he gets by, he was good enough to be a first-round pick. Um, you're going into a stable organization. That's uh, very, very important for all players coming in, but especially quarterbacks. You got good receivers, good running back. So I think he'll be all right. And I, those are the things I kind of focus on. But, you know, guys do focus on – can look at a quarterback like that, you know, sleeves, uh, gloves, little hands. And maybe those are a concern oh, for him. But uh, I, I'll let the you know his play on the field do his talking. And like I said, the fact that he's in the same city, he's so familiar with the the, the facilities and everything. I, I think he'll be all right. Ball looks real big in his hands. <laughs> hey, D. Butts, they, what do you think of Detroit's draft? Meeting. I mean, uh, you know, I think they did did a great job. Obviously, you got the, the kid out of Alabama, Jameson. Uh, I'd say he's on juiced. the draft, spectacular. I felt sorry for the kid, but you know, I'm excited for. Do him. you Let's think you there. set his uh, expectations up for how he should handle this? By the way, did you see those photos Bad. of him at his press conference? <laughs> he did smile at some point. We saw yeah. some photos of him smiling. Ooh. I don't have them, but he came out and said that was all bullshit. He actually said I partied the night before because I was just drafted in the oh, NFL. My dream came true. Oh, he's okay. hungover. Oh, yeah. Okay, he's that's what you want. But they, I mean, they got they got Aiden. They got they did a great job in the draft. I'm not going to go as far as Dane and say they're closing the gap on the fucking Packers. But um, you. And, you know they're making the right moves. Obviously, you got a guy in there with MCDC who's got the guys playing hard. But you got to win games. None of that shit matters unless you you put it all together and make it win. So I do think they had a good draft. But drafts, you know, don't really mean anything unless you can put it together out there in the field, as everybody on here knows. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. But I'm sure Detroit fans are excited. So I'm happy for you guys, too, Foxy. Jameson Williams made me think about, I think Peter King wrote this article uh, in his uh, uh, Football Morning in America article mm-hmm. every single Monday. Every single yes. Monday. You read it? Fuck yeah. Come on. I'm reading. It's pretty long. I read a couple quotes out of it for sure. But um, he said, which is what we've been talking about here for the last few weeks. But hearing him say it, especially getting quotes from the GM means we're probably onto something because Peter King is plugged. And he was talking about how there's going to become two different philosophies. You know, if you pay a quarterback, you're probably not going to be able to pay an older wide receiver that you kind of groom and bring up somebody else is going to pay him. If you don't have to pay a quarterback and they're on a rookie contract, you can get one of those weapons for your rookie that you want. He pointed at the Philadelphia situation where he's talking about A.J. Brown. Tannehill's got a contract, can't pay A.J. Brown a big contract. Jalen Hurts on a rookie contract, can pay A.J. Brown over there. Now, Hollywood goes over to Arizona. They're going to have to pay Kyler. I mean, there's ways to manipulate the salary cap, but this is becoming a thing now where teams are either going to be, hey, we can get young guys that are going to be able to do the job and not have to pay them nearly as much money and some teams are saying hey we're going to go fucking get a guy d but as a db who played corner nickel and safety are there some guys that are just that much different than everybody else or are these younger dudes coming in at a much higher level and you think it's going to kind of uh kind of top mm. off at how many people get paid a lot of money at the wide receiver position going forward I mean, situations are situational. And uh, at that position especially, there are definitely some difference makers at that receiver position. But there is such a dependent position. And as a defense, like, we can – you can take – more times than not, you can take a receiver out of the game pretty much and make somebody else beat you. But So it really depends on who your situation, your quarterback. Because all these guys – a lot of these young guys are coming in and playing well immediately, but a lot of them are not as well. So Jefferson came in, but he had Kirk Cousins quarterback. Jamar Chase, he had his college quarterback. Um, Hollywood Brown, he'll go over there and play with his college quarterback. Devontae, he's back with his – so it's about that continuity. It's about the play call. It's about having an offense that can – an offensive line that can block a play play call that can get them open. So there's so many different variables, especially at that receiver position. So it really depends on your team, your locker room, your quarterback, your philosophy. But um, 
A lot of people are, are falling in love with these college prospects, but it's, that's a tough uh, position to just come in and just play immediately. But some guys are coming in and, and doing it well. So uh, everybody's trying to, you know how it is, it's a copycat league. So you see a few guys doing it like, hey, we could do it too. But it really depends on who you have uh, under center. And out there in Detroit, Jamison Williams, you know, he's with golf now, but they may stink this year and he may have his college quarterback next year at the top exactly. of the draft. So, oh. so it's an interesting uh, thing because you think people are just kind of victims of the moment and kind of overreacting, just assuming all these college guys are going to be great in the NFL. It's not like that. You think we're just kind of had a little bit of a run here of a couple years where some guys, rookies, have been big parts. It's not going to be like that forever, you don't think? No. I mean, and it, I'm telling you, every situation is different. So you get rid of A.J. Brown in Tennessee. I, I, like AJ Brown is pr proven. He's proven to be a decision maker. He was their most viable target by a long shot in Tennessee. And you just ship him out of town because you don't want to pay him, you know, the new going rate. And you bring in a rookie who, you know, is very hey, similar same to size, AJ Brown. They said, same size, same size. Yeah, very similar. But that's, you know, that we see a lot of college and can't miss prospects come in and stink it up. And then is Tannehill. You know, is he a force multiplier, as they call him? Is he a guy that's going to make everybody around it better in the pass game? Force multiplier. I don't think so. Uh, but uh, really so, so we'll see. We'll see how that works out. That was really good. Force yeah. multiplier there. Last question from me before the boys have some. Jarvis Landry. I don't know if that's the right term. but No, no. Uh, it's yours. Yours. George. Mm -hmm. Fucking like nailed it, dude. Like Roman with you, so. Yeah, dude. Sounds like, that sounds like one plus one equals seven when people are talking about <laughs> synergy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. One plus one. You everybody alone, that equals two. But. You get them together at equals seven. That's, That's right. right. I had a soccer coach who gave that speech, <laughs> and I'll never forget. I don't think that one. I don't think that one works. Throw that one out. <laughs> Can't mo win mo with it. Most speeches, yeah. Most most speeches go down that route. Yeah. Hey, you're looking at three people on the screen right now. I believe that have been in the NFL for a pretty long period of time that all viewed most speeches in the exact same way. What are we doing here? I was just going to ask: Does anyone like speeches? Then I think you're looking at three. Oh people. yeah. Yeah, okay, so some people, they got to be real, though. Got they got to be organic and real in the moment. I remember I had a D coordinator or a defensive coach one time in Cincy. He brought us all together. We were having a tough, like, we were just struggling. And we started to, like, come back. And I remember he got emotional, pulled us all in. He wasn't an emotional guy. He got emotional telling us, like, we're going to do this, all this. And I was like, yeah, man, like, this is – I, like, gave him a little rock. I'm like, that was sweet, man. I think we might end up winning. But, like, it was real in the moment. Anything was he a up, guy like, who barely spoke? He didn't barely speak, but it was it was a little bit out of character for him. Like I was, yeah. I didn't know he had it in him. And how many it was, years? It was cool to see. How many years you play in the NFL, AJ? Eleven. One speech you just said. Eleven years. For, for me, it's probably like a hand, maybe like a good five to ten, maybe. But it's usually like AJ said, it's usually from a guy who doesn't speak. Yes. If, it's, if it's a guy that's doing it every week, every day in practice, you know, that gets old, that gets stale. But if it's a guy, you know, those those kind of sideline, when somebody, you know, you rally the defense or the offense on the sideline, say, hey, let's get our shit together, let's do this, let's do that, or one of those players-only meetings, um, you know, things like that. I think those go a long way. But, you know, you're, you're never pros, and most of us can motivate ourselves. You don't really need a guy to talk you up and run through a wall. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of those people, that's, you know, you look through it on TV, good for movies and shit but for the most part man it's like come on shut the fuck up yeah, yeah. there's a lot of that and i i i would never i mean there are so many times where somebody starts speaking and everybody's first thought is to look around and see what everybody else is everybody <laughs> oh no everybody come on this can't happen are we are we into this yeah are we are we liking this we're, we're, i'm hearing the same thing everybody else is right this is fucking shit Wait, is this flowing. slam poetry uh-oh oh, oh no, no. Oh, shit. hey that was out of this guy's room 
That was out of this guy's room. Deep. Yeah. That's on me. That kid has big balls. <laughs> uh, let's talk. Uh, last question for me. Jarvis Landry, still a free agent. I guess the door is closed on the Browns, allegedly, de- uh, depending upon if you were. Was it Mary Kay? Mary, yeah. Mary, Mary Kay, Kay Kabat, who I'm not sure. She is. She's. She's. Covered Cleveland a long time. I don't know if she's hit on anything as of late, though, right? We've covered a couple oh, things that haven't really hit. I don't know if it's happened. She said Pittsburgh Steelers would sign Baker Mayfield tomorrow if he was to be released. Steelers going to draft Kenny Pickett. Maybe they would have, by the way. So maybe Mary Kay was right, although Pittsburgh and Cleveland don't like each other, and she kind of got buried in the middle of that. Nonetheless, she's been covering the Browns. She knows the Browns. Jarvis Landry likely to move on after taking Purdue receiver David Bell in the third round. The Browns are unlikely to re-sign Jarvis Landry, although Bell can play outside. He'll probably initially work in a slot, which would make Landry expendable. Landry also visited his hometown Saints recently and might still have an opportunity to sign there. Other teams have expressed interest in a five-time pro bowler and could have multiple opportunities in the coming weeks, but it appears the door is closed on a Cleveland return. Now, that is not an inside source. That is not a plug. That is her uh, speculating on the situation with maybe more information than anybody else has who's not plugged in in Cleveland. But with that being said, why is anybody signing this dude? When you talk about speeches, he gave one in that wide receiver room a whole yeah. of felt. Felt like everybody bought into there. He's yeah. a guy. Why isn't he signed already if he wants to be, D. Butter? you think he's just taking his time? Uh, you know, just like we talked about receivers. You know, you draft them. You want to get young. Dra- just like receivers, DBs, that's the position you always want to get cheaper. You want to get younger, um, especially if you get a guy that can come in and play in the system. Jarvis Landry probably has a price um, that he wants, uh, you know, going into these teams, and they're probably far apart uh, right now, especially last year. He played a lot of last year injured. And a lot of these people, they don't really care. You know, that's the film you put out. This is your price that we're going to put on you. And if you're coming in the building, those things don't match up. You know, Jarvis probably going to wait it out. I'm sure he signs with somebody, you know, maybe close to training camp, maybe after. Maybe an injury on another team happens. But I would love to have Jarvis Landry in my receiver uh, meeting room. I would love to have him on my team. He is a dog. 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 He he brings it. And he's a difference maker when it comes to uh, moving those chains. He has been since coming into the league. And I think he'll continue to be so. So um, whoever does land him, I think will be uh, lucky. Uh, this look just real smart. I agree. By the way, come to the Colts. This just in: uh, the Giants have informed Pro Bowl cornerback James Bradbury that he's being released. Uh, as was being reported, Bradbury had a $21.8 million cap hit, and the Giants will save half Sheesh. half of that by moving on. He should have a competitive market. What do you know about James Bradbury? This, he's a pro bowler. I don't know if that means he's great or not. Probably very good. It's going to mm-hmm. come with a price tag as well. The Giants are moving on. What are your thoughts on this? And are we in a cornerback market right now? Are corners Because J.C., we saw J.C. get yeah. signed. Mm-hmm. Gilly Lock just got signed here. Is there a market for corners right now? I don't know how much he, how much would be guaranteed or anything like that, but it's always a market. You're always looking for guys who can cover. You just saw two corners get drafted in the top five, so it's still a premium position. And Bradbury, year before last, had like an all-pro caliber year. Um, last year, not so much. Uh, but he, he's definitely still young enough. He, he's, he's physical. He has all the tools you want at the cornerback position. He'll be motivated now getting cut, you know, still in the prime of his career or getting released, however they worded it. Um, so, yeah, I think a team, you put him in the right system with some uh, other good people in the secondary, some good pass rushers. Bradbury could be a, a, a very good piece uh, for a defense. Uh, we got Kenny Moore right now. We got, um, obviously, Gilly Lock, Rodgers. Uh, we traded for uh, Faison out of um, Las Vegas. But, you know, I'm a, I, I believe you can't have enough good corners on the need team. Need six? So, uh, what you say? Five or five? You need six starters in the secondary. That's that's my philosophy. So whether that's, you know, three stages, three corners, four corners, two stages, however you cut it, 
you need those guys. Somebody's going to go down. Somebody's going to get hurt. Match up. It's a league where you're going to have three corners on a league 60, 70 percent of the time anyway. So um, I wouldn't be opposed to bringing Bradbury in at all. Yeah, especially with uh, Julian Blackman. Too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stone. Oh, Stone. Love that yeah. guy. Yeah. But Kenny's got to get paid, though. Kenny, Kenny, we need Kenny to get paid. I need Kenny Moore to get paid. He's, he's pro bowl year last year, probably a year too late. Should have been back to back pro bowls. Um, does a lot on the outside and the inside as a slot defender. Um, but so we got to take care of our own. But I, I would love Bradbury to come in as well. And Walter Payton, man of the year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Walter Payton, man of the year as well. Great. Everybody loves him. Go ahead, Ty. D, but Sauce Gardner's contract was uh, released today of what he grosses and then what he'll actually bring home after tax. Um, I fucking hate him. Okay. I hate him. So that, like, my question is, you know, they always talk about New York being, like, this market that everyone wants to go to. The Jets have fucking stunk forever, and so have the Giants. Do you think guys will see this and be like, hey, why would I want to go play in New York? Say what the number is, Ty. Uh, so the gross was $33.45 million after taxes. He got $17.4 million. And listen, he's going to have to rent a house, probably. He's not going to be able to buy a house, probably rent a house. That's what they'll tell him to do. That money's just getting dumped in the fucking drain, especially in the New York market. Man. He'll never get that back. So, listen, everybody he's should... Probably be- have to live in Jersey, get a little better tax situation. Very good. Everybody Man. pay their fair share. Listen, everybody pay their fair share. I get it, but God damn taxes whenever i got introduced to them i had no idea what they are look at the man you look at the guy that went before him stingley he went to pick before him he went to texas so i'm sure his gross net looks a lot better with no income state tax out there but uh uh is this something you look at it's definitely something you look at some of your agent your financial advisor all those things talking to you about but i mean you're still in new york though so that is the biggest media market in the world and as you as a defender it depends a lot on what quarterback you're on either whether you suck or whether you're doing well, they're going to be talking about the Jets. You're going to be talking about uh, Zach Wilson all year, regardless of how he's doing. So if his sauce is playing well, if he's locking shit down, if he's going to Pro Bowls, I'm sure he can. And it's tougher as a defender to make that kind of money, but I'm sure he can find a way to make I don't know if he can recoup it all back, but he'll, it's a good market to be in, especially if you're winning. The Jets knocked this draft out of the park as well. On paper, they look good. So we'll see how competitive they are in the AFC East, but – I mean, that sucks, especially when you see the guy that went right before you and go to Texas. You, you look at those checks that first time, it's going to hurt him a little bit. Texas, Florida, Tennessee, Nevada. I uh, forget what else. Uh, Delaware. Ooh, there are a lot of corporations there. A lot of, a lot of, no teams there, but a lot of corporations there. <laughs> um, do you think all he has to have is one good year, though, and then he'll be able to sell his own sauce? Hmm. Yeah. He can probably sells on sauce right now. Yeah, but he, he has one it. good year in New York in that market. I mean, they'll he, he'll create a sauce. He'll be you know what I mean. Town. So he, yeah, I mean that's the thing though. That sauce that sauce go downhill real quick because as quick as they build you up in New York, they'll tear your ass down. So that's, that's what I'm gotta have a good year. Gotta have one yeah, good yeah. year. Tomato sauce or well, hot we'll sauce, hot whatever sauce, sauce he wants. Yeah. Probably hot sauce. He said he keeps hot sauce in that actual oh, thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sauce is sauce. Probably do pretty good. Yeah, if I had to guess, do a bunch of different. He's got to have one good year. But if you in New York, you get a, you create a good piece of sauce. I mean, oh yeah, game changer. You think he has pizza sauce, hot sauce? Yeah, yep. probably barbecue sauce, barbecue sauce, sauce mm-hmm. of sauces. Yeah, okay, mm. sauces, sauce assortment Full of line. sauces, sauces assortment of sauces. He's got to have one good fucking year though. Yeah, got to have a good year. If he has a great year, fucking sauces out the d- boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Can't keep him in stock next offseason. Hey. He's got rid of Bradbury. 
Same stadium. Brad Bears are all pro two years ago. Oh, yeah. Hey. Quick yeah. out there mm-hmm. in that island. Fill into the spot, though. This is good for Sauce. Go ahead, Connor. Uh, I mean, also, Diggs and Tyreek Hill, pretty tough little uh, division. He's well, got Mac go. Jones is throwing. Of course, yeah. Devontae Parker. Through a keyhole. Speaking of Mac Jones, D-Bud, Bill O'Brien, you know, down in Gillette, working with some of the rookies. Do you expect Bill to just bring in different OCs every week to get their kind of thoughts on what they should do and what the hell is going on there? And then do you see Bradbury maybe reuniting with Joe Judge in New England? Oh, Ooh, that's, that's a good one. They just lost JC, obviously, in free agency. Um, that wouldn't be bad at all. I'm sure uh, Bill would do his due diligence. They'll probably bring him in, but that wouldn't be bad at all. You got Malcolm Butler back in the building. Uh, but as far as the offense, I don't know what the hell is going on. But I got to put faith into Bill Belichick to figure it out. So is Billy O'Brien, is he a free agent right now? Is he still coordinated? Is he still with Bama? That's the yeah. last I thought. He's still at okay. Bama? Yeah, he's still at Bama. So, so he's just kind of like, consulting? Same was like, don't worry. You better, but... Yeah, exactly. Go help out, oh, Bill. We got 10 yeah. shots. So well, no, no, no clue what's going on down there. Maybe Mac, maybe Mac calls the plays like you've been saying. Hell yeah. Who knows? That would be awesome if Mac's already calling his own shit. Last question here from Tone. We can't thank you enough for your time, Darius. Uh, D, but since you wear boots on the ground down at F1, I I know LeBron was down there, but they didn't ask him to get in the photo with Tom and, oh, and Michael uh-oh. and David Beckham. Did Whoa. you cry? Did you talk to LeBron to see if he was upset about it or any any inside info you give us, Runner? Nah, no, no inside, no, no inside info. I mean, that you picture that was that was that was a legendary picture. Maybe you didn't have enough chips. I don't know. I think I don't know how many Beckham has. At least. Six, I believe. But Beckham you know. was making like seven million dollars a day for like four years mm-hmm. when he came to the MLS or something. Like How that. many championships? Are he he got to have a lot. Who? I don't know much about soccer. Beckham. I well, there's I, I will there's say a lot of different it's a tournament I, every weekend. I will say when I t- there is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm ignorant. I'm ignorant of soccer, but I know Lewis Hamilton. He's got seven world championships. Obviously, MJ got six. Tom's got seven. So, I mean, that was a very... Beckham's got six Premier League titles. Pick. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't win the soccer Lombardi, so... I, he, I don't think he won the Champions League either. Did, they, did Champions League even exist whenever he was playing? He did. He does have a Champions League title, yes. Oh, so he has seven titles. He's Never won premier? an MLS Cup. Yeah. <laughs> he does have two, two MLS. He got two, yeah. Two okay. MLS Cups, actually. Yeah. Oh, what? Galaxy, oh. Galaxy were a very good squad. He was actually an owner of the yeah. MLS there for a bit. He got to sit at the damn table. Let's go, Beckham. Absolutely, but by yeah, the way. Yeah, that, that picture, was, that picture was, was legendary, though. Legendary. Well, I think it was a legendary weekend down there. I mean, just unbelievable stuff. Can't wait to get to an F1 event someday. Yeah. Someday. Yeah. Down the road. Get into it, Pat. Maybe Vegas next year. I'm thinking there's little to no chance of seeing me at one of those events. <laughs> what? Yep, that's what I'm thinking. What about Austin? Did you see how everybody was dressed down there? Look like a bunch of fucking jackasses yeah. walking around. Uh-huh. Was it 145 degrees down there too? Hot. How's everybody do it? How does everybody dress? Am I just that different? Everybody? I would be sweating through every one of those shirts that they were wearing. <laughs> uncomfortable. It would be terrible. I don't know how they're so cool. See, those, they, those, shirts, those are probably like linen. Two thousand dollar shirts. They got some fucking no sweat, no nothing. Beckham, I don't know how you got a damn blazer on. Yeah, these dudes that, are that, so cool. I mean, that's cool. nuts. I mean, people, you saw all kind of different fashion out there. Obviously, you got Europeans out there. They're wearing their shit. You got people from Florida. <laughs> who knows what they're wearing? Saw a couple hoodies. Saw a couple hats, suits. But can't you saw everything down there? It's Florida, baby. Nine more years. Nine more years. Stephen Ross making Super Bowl money. Yeah, boy, Steve. Good for Stephen Ross. Uh, good for us getting a chance to chat with you. Can't thank you enough, ladies and gentlemen. Host of the Man to Man podcast. Nine year NFL vet there is, brother. Thank yeah, you. Today's show is brought to you by Cash App. 
Cash App is the best finance app on planet Earth. It's the easiest way to send money to your buddies, and you can even buy pieces of Bitcoin or stocks with as little as $1. Currently in a uh, dip. Oh, Good time to buy. Good time to get in, AJ. NFTs as well? Well, might be keep an eye out for another Winter Wednesday this week with last Friday's giveaway. Uh, if you aren't on Cash App yet, go use code McAfee for $15 as soon as you sign up. That's code McAfee for a free $15. Terms do apply. I appreciate everybody screenshotting us, sending them money and sending it in and saying like yeah. shout out or whatever. That's been very cool. That's real. feel real fulfillment out of those things. Mm -hmm. I appreciate yeah. everybody. We're very lucky to do what we do and we can't thank everybody enough for following along. So the more giveaways, the better in my eyes, although some other people in this company don't love it. Connor, one of them. Well, CFO Phil, another me. one. Mm -hmm. Tone Diggs doesn't like it. I love it. I enjoy it. We'll continue to do so. Winner Wednesday. And big thanks to Cash App for helping us out with all of that. Yeah. Thank, you. thank you, Cash App. To my left, your right, AJ Hawk. AJ, how's it going? How's the weekend? Huh? You look fantastic. You look refreshed. You look energized. Great. Everything was good. The I am like you, where our weather looks to be uh, beautiful this whole week. So yeah. it's a good time. Yeah, probably going to get out of the office quickly after the show today. I hope everybody does the same. Go out and enjoy the sun. It's the first time we've seen the son of a bitch in a long time. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Too long. Let's go ahead and experience it a little bit. I guess the lake is going to be popping. Can't wait to watch that. I mean, once again, two hours north of India, I have a house on a lake. Can't mm -hmm. wait to experience the summer uh, on that. AJ, you're the best. Uh, Tone Diggs, one half of the Hammer Down Cowboys, with a look of confusion on his face. I'm not confusion. Maybe a look of opportunity. Um, Here we go. You know, you could you do a two hour drive, so it makes it difficult. But you know, might be able to get nine in. Oh, oh. hey, good call. So and we did not plan this. Off the back deck, or we did not plan this. I did a Q and A thing on IG stories last night because I can't sleep on planes. Had a couple hour flight, and I was you know just sitting there all by myself. A lot of people said, "Are you and AJ putting a bet on Tahoe? Or what are we?" Ooh, oh, I don't know. I didn't think about that. Are we? Well, your experience. I would like at least a stroke or two. Yeah, yeah. No, kinda... absolutely not. You are a much better golfer. You, Whoa. 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 you know the course. Played the course, course every year. I do not Dude. know the course. I played it ten straight years. I still people. You, I don't know if you have this ten. brain or not. Someone's like, "Oh, what'd you do on four? And I'm like, uh, "What is four? I have no idea." I mean, oh, if I played it once, play yeah, if I played it once or twice, maybe I'll be like, "I don't remember that." Ten times. Jesus. I mean, at this point, it should look pretty familiar, shouldn't it? I've That's played more course. I've definitely I played there that course more than anywhere in my life, obviously. <laughs> So home course. That's so your home course. I've never done this. The pressure. You've tackled people for ten years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know what yeah. it's like with. We the can beer put a bet on it. I need. I need like. I probably need four strokes aside. What? Whoa. Jesus. Whoa. Was it points? You're a good golfer. You shoot in the eighties. I've never broken eighty, bro. You know that. There's a big you're difference. The, you shoot in the seventies actually sometimes. <laughs> no, not out there AJ. you're going to be on fire when everything counts and every, you have to putt six inch putts. Like you're going to. That's what I'm saying. It, you're, you're used to all this, so you get no strokes. Nah, guys are. We'll right see. Up. I don't know. So what do we I haven't do? played We're, my first round yet this year. We'll see. It. My first round will be in an outing coming up here. Well, I, I bet your game is going to be great. You're a professional. You play at Tahoe every single year on TV. You tackle people out there. You're a mm -hmm. real crowd fan favorite. What? You play. You can well. put something on it. Ryder Cup champion. What would we do? Points? Just end of the end of the week. Well, no, points? it's going to be our score. Yeah, whatever wherever you finish in the whole Stableford system. Okay, so this thing, bogey is no points. No, no yep. blood. Bogey zero. Par is one point. Okay. Double bogey. Double bogey is the worst you could do. You pick up after double. That's minus two. You try to stay away from those. Okay. And then birdies birdie, what? Birdie might be three or uh, two. Uh, birdie's I three, three, I think. Three, I thought, yeah. And then eagle five, probably. Damn. Uh, yeah, five or six, yeah. Oh, so I need a couple eagles. Albatross might be like ten. I need a couple eagles. All right. It's a hole in one. All right. So that's what I'm going for. I'm going for eagles. 
They're out there. Guys Guys get eagles out there. This says a bogey is one point. Oh, bogey's worth one point. Not really. And then what's double? It says stay, this is stable forward scoring. I think. This is a modified stable forward. Yeah, they put oh, okay. modified. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what the modified scoring is. Who the fuck is stable forward? I wish Bogus <laughs> gave you a point. Is that Sheila? Sheila stable forward. Sheila stable forward, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> what is this? Well, I heard him say stable forward scoring, so I just typed it in. Yeah, but who the fuck is stable forward? Let me see. Is this no a member clue. of the Sheila Ford Hamp family? <laughs> Start the turn. I just. I like it because there's no you don't go in with you don't have, to have a handicap you know when people go you, and they, you don't you know who the best player is when you have handicaps going in I don't have a real handicap so I, I don't this was a uh, system developed by Dr Frank Barney Gorton Stableford in uh, five famer <laughs> he lived from 1870 to 1959 Dr Barney Frank Stableford <laughs> yep. Dr Frank Barney Gorton Stableford can't walk into that guy's office and feel comfortable with him doing anything to you yeah. what's your name what? again Frank Barney Gordon Stableford <laughs> I might change my Gordon. name to that. <laughs> Gumpy Barney Frank Stableford. Gorton with a T. Oh, Gorton. Yeah. He loved golf, hated golf, sucked at golf, wanted to figure out how to score points. Mm-hmm. It's a de- deter golfers from giving up on their round after just one or two bad holes. There you go. Uh, I like this doctor. Hey, don't give up. Come don't on. Give- you got points. Also speeds up the pace of play. Okay. Ready to play, ready to play, ready yeah, to play. Because you can pick it up immediately. You stink, you're slow. Get out of the hole. See you later. <laughs> you, it, uh, whenever you pick up, Let's say you miss a putt. Do you go back and practice that putt again? Uh, you can, I think, after everybody's done. I absolutely never have, but yeah. Let's <laughs> go to the phones. Practice putting like that. Okay, it never is going to feel oh. like it feels when you're standing over there for in the moment. Here well, is Dr. Frank Barney <laughs> Stapleton Gordon Stapleford. Alpha. Nailed it. Dr. Frank Barney <laughs> Gordon Stapleford. Stable. Uh, we're, we're 30%. Uh, we think that's him. Thirty uh, percent. Hey, old white golf is what you guys search. That mustache is spectacular. Yeah, all time. Think about when he walked in to pitch this scoring system to his country club. This is what I'm thinking, gentlemen. This guy lays it all out. Bogey one point, double bogey minus two. Don't get on double bogey train. You get a birdie though. Three points. Now we're talking out here, boys. What a fucking... Imagine st- him just twirling his mustache there, right, when he's inventing all this. Yeah, it's like him and Khan. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Doctor, we think you're right. Doctor, <laughs> God damn it, with a mustache like that, how could we not fucking take your advice? <laughs> Look at that guy. Bow tie as well. Yeah. Stud. This is classic old white right here. Mm-hmm. Changing the world for the better, though. Yeah. Hey, actually, we don't know. We don't Hopefully. know what else Dr. Frank Barney Gordon We also don't know if that's actually him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a lot of question marks, I guess. Yeah. But if he didn't do anything terrible, which we should assume he did if he's a part of golf and he's sure. old. At some point. But if not, hey, thanks for what you did. Bro. Thank, Thank you, you, Barney. Frank. Gordon. Gordon. Staple. Ferd. Ferd. Is it Stapleford or just Stapleton? St- oh, <laughs> is this Staple? Great, great, great. Stapleford as if like a horse stable. Okay. Did he invent the stable? If this guy fucking invented the scoring system and a stable, I mean, this guy is yeah. impressive. Rolling that that mustache it. is the least impressive thing, which is the most impressive thing I've seen in some time. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Matt in Wisconsin. What's going on, Matt, on the 5 Energy phone line? Hey, boys. How we doing? Mm-hmm. Keep moving. moving. That was good. That was good. Yeah, this question's for Connor. Um, have you always known, or did you just find out this weekend that the entire Celtics roster and fan base are a bunch of bitch-made cats after watching Giannis put 42 on your head. Oh, Austin's dead, What's dude. this guy talking about? Why are you getting dunked on all the time by everybody, and they're all right, and you, you are deservedly so? Uh, I think probably because, you know, a lot of the times I am a stooge and a sellout. Uh, but, 
you know, the Celtics are going to be just fine. You never sell out Boston, though. You're always no, on never, that's right. Side. Never, and that's why they're going to win tonight. Then they're going to win on Wednesday, and then they're going to win. Is there anything on that can make you turn your back on Boston? No, Connor for the Boston sports. No, never. How about losing Nothing on Boston Day? Nothing. The only thing that that was tough, uh, but the only thing that could probably make me turn my back on Boston sports, not as a whole, but specifically the Patriots, is if they fire Belichick. That'll never happen because he's yeah. GM and lead counsel. Yeah, you can never say never. You never know. No, it'll never happen. What if Robert Kraft gives him what he's done to all the players? Like, hey, time to take you out back and shoot you instead of yeah. <laughs> letting this thing carry Bill on. Bill respects it. Bill, oh, God damn, guy. I didn't expect to get a gun like the same way I did Teddy Brewski and Adam and Terry and all you guys nah. and Brady and everybody else. I fucking ran out of this building. No, nah, that'll never happen. And the only way I think it does happen if he says, my time, my watch is ended, it's now Steve Belichick's team. Passes the torch right to his. Is son. he a legend up there? He has to be Steve. I, oh, I love Steve. Bel- Everyone <laughs> with a brain knows that Steve Belichick has to be the next head coach of the Patriots. Just hand it over. Yeah, just keep it going. What is it? It's a royal family up there. The exactly. Belichicks. Oh yeah, and pass then it down. Steve, you know he'll have a son, and Steve's boy will then also become a head coach for the Patriots. So really, probably for the next three hundred years, the head coach of the Patriots will have the last name Belichick. Wow, just like the royal family in England. Exactly. Exactly. But know, the sun used to never set on the English Empire. Mm-hmm. Now it's just this tiny little town, basically, over there in Europe, like everybody else. Yeah, but the Belichicks. That's what's no going to happen to the Patriots? No, no, no. Because oh, no. the Belichicks don't have Prince Andrews walking around the halls, you know, some absolute rat fuckers that, you know, maybe kind of caused the what family name. You know what he did. Caused the family what name a little shame. We what know what he did and what he was doing. Prince Andrew, the redheaded kid? No, 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 no. The guy, Epstein's yeah, right-hand man. He's in Epstein's black book. Yeah. Who? Prince, Prince Andrew. Andrew. The Impossible. redheaded? He, he, had a, he had a thing where he, he, wasn't, he didn't sweat back then. That's the balding the guy? The balding uh, guy? The no. balding kid? No. no. Other gen- older generation. Older generation, yeah. He's like their uncle, I think. Yes. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. We have none of that. He, he was in the show you watched. Was he? He's yeah, the he's Duke, right? Crown. Is he the Duke? He's the one married to the Queen. He gave up. No. He gave up his stu- to go get married. To, uh, what's her name? It's right? the brother of the Queen. Uh, I believe so, right? Because isn't he the one that AJ's talking about who uh, married? The he was lady? the king before. Queen's pretty old. I think it's her son. Queen's son. Prince. Mm. Didn't he marry the divorced mm. lady? Is that what you're about to say? Diana, third child of Queen Elizabeth. Okay, so the and son. wait, third child and second son of Queen Elizabeth II. So I'm, that's the Queen, right? That's right. Read the, yeah. sentence again. Read, read the sentence again. I thought they're all called Queen. No, no, just read, just read the <laughs> Queen Elizabeth. Or which Queen Elizabeth? Wasn't the other one Elizabeth too? I think she. Oh, it was she was King just beforehand. It was King, 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 mm-hmm. Queen. I believe. Who's the one that was a limo and got killed by the photographer? That, that was Princess Diana. Diana. Oh, Diana. Rest in peace, yeah. by the way, Diana. Yeah, yeah. fuck that photographer. Hers. The Queen's father was. Uh, Henry, right? King. Or, he tri- loved duck hunting. Loved it. That Ripped guy it loved fucking pheasant and duck hunting more than anybody on earth. He's damn good at it, too. Queen loved horses. That's what I heard. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then they take still the ponies and the guns around. Still old. does. Mm-hmm. How is the queen? Queen's still doing it? Oh, oh yeah. She's, doing good. she's crushing. I stopped watching after my queen was no longer the queen on crown, so... Literally, she might. I don't know if she died or not in the rest of the series. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. They should have just CGI'd him. I don't know why they, you know, changed the queens. You guys listen to the podcast with uh, Harry and Meghan Markle? Never. With Oprah? They got like 50 mil, and I don't think they put an episode out yet. What? Pretty good, pretty good deal, actually. Oh, you're saying this sounds like a no show job here? Well, no, I don't. I just think, I don't know. I know Obama has a, a podcast with Bruce Springsteen, too. They get paid a bunch of money. <laughs> 
National Geographic. Zito just said we have breaking news on the Queen. I mean, I didn't want to be the one that's breaking this news. What's going on, Zito? Third time ever she's going to miss the opening of Parliament. Holy oh, shit. No. Yeah, that's not good. She all right? Winston Churchill's going to um, Mobility there. problems. I'm no, oh, she's got uh, She's got. old. Probably got. She's like a thousand. It is a king's steak. disease, so I assume yeah. a queen queen's as well. disease as well. Same, the, same chef, probably. Yeah. Anyways, can I marry her? The queen? Yeah. Yeah. What happens? Mm-hmm. Family. King Z. King yeah. Z. King. You're mm-hmm. a lord now, though. Yeah. So that's the reason why I can marry her, right? Yeah, because you're in the family. You're yeah. in the royalty. Yeah. Because they all kind of cross pollinate, right? They all do. Oh their, yeah. Yeah. How is your land over there? It's doing good. It's uh, the grass is pretty long right now. It's crazy that. They're selling pieces of grass like they used to sell stars to people. Yeah. yeah. Remember they used to sell Name. stars in the sky? Oh, yeah. Still do, I think. Somebody gifted me a star one time. I did not take care of it. I, I have no oh, idea where it's gone now? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know where it's at. I think it was right next to the Big Dipper. But Oh, nice. Oh, Pretty good real estate, I think, but I was lost this, track of it. I couldn't find it. Was it a super giant or was it a... Just basic ass, tiny ass condo star. I think just it was a star. tiny so, little star. So young star. What the... F- are we going to space? Let's go to the fence. We're definitely going to space. The way Jim Irsay was talking, the way things are happening with everybody talking about the moon and the space hotel 2025 and aliens are being released, it feels like they're gearing up for us to go to space. I'm not going. Am I going? No. Do you want to go? You mean to go stay no. there for an extended period of time or to go live there? What are you talking about? I don't know. I wouldn't mind go snooping around. Imagine you if I see a star. Yeah, but, but I, I don't you know where You could do it. Too you far. get a ticket on one of these. Well, I, I don't want to. I, if we're going to go meet some people, though, I would like to potentially be a part of that conversation. That'd be a pretty cool little thing. What if as soon as we shake their hand, pff, dead? Exactly. Can't possible. do it. Like Cannot like do it. Hidden buzzer in the hand trick, and it yeah, kills you. like a fart. It sounds. Yeah. Like, it makes like a fart sound, like, <laughs> and then, then dead. boom, dead. That's D- certainly possible. Well, I'll have my own tricks for this fucking yeah, aliens. Yeah, you need a couple people to go first, have them get burned up or whatever yeah. by whatever the aliens want to do in the beginning, and then see this, trial by fire. This is where I'm too ignorant. I I have no idea how that would work. Okay, I can barely live with gravity. Okay, how the fuck are people doing it anywhere else? I have no. That idea. is what 120, 200 years from now. But everybody's talking like in the next 10 years it's going to happen. No I mean, don't astronauts have to go through like years of training yeah. to know how to function and like live up there? How do they expect people to just fucking one weekend head up there and go stay in space? Well, I hope that this clip gets used someday when they're like talking about space like they had with those uh, that guy who had the button under the thing. Uh, on NBC. Malar. Oh, Malar. Hey, what is the internet? <laughs> there's that clip that always pops up or yep. whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be like that for space. If there's space and there's a sport, <laughs> I hope it's basketball. And I hope there's one person covering it. And that's co-host of the Knuckleheads podcast, a man who is all-knowing when it comes to the NBA, friend of the show. We can't thank him enough for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, Quinn Richardson. Yeah! Hey, real quick. Guys, as always. Hey, they're talking about space as if that, that's like next week. Have you under, have you heard that? That's kind of been like the turn of the tide. I don't understand how any of that will work. No, nah, I agree with one man over there just said, like, they've been, astronauts been studying and, and preparing to go up there for years. How, how's guys going to just go up there for a weekend? I, I don't get that either. Well, it'll happen hopefully someday while we're alive. Doesn't seem likely, but let's move along. James Harden's back. Hey, James Harden's all the way back. This is good news. The step back seems to be clean. Is Philadelphia going to make a run at this thing? Because just a couple weeks ago, Doc Rivers was being called the worst coach of all time, and Philadelphia was dead. Are they all the way back now after yesterday's 31 points from James Harden? Uh, I think you see what the impact of Joel Embiid had on the team. I mean, I know, I know he was, you know, missed the first two games, and they looked like it was completely over with. But, I mean, now with him being back, and obviously last night with James Harden, 
you know, reaching that 30 point plus tap, uh, plateau that he hadn't been able to do. I mean, they look as formidable as ever right now. Hey, whenever you think about Lil Wayne called Luca a hoe, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luca a hoe, Lil Wayne says. Because, you know, Chris Paul had like, what, four or five fouls in the first half or something, then he ends up falling, uh, fouling out when he tries to get a call. And then there's that altercation in the crowd between the Mavericks uh, drunk white doofus and Chris Paul's family. And it, it kind of – what is going on in that series? Is it getting ugly or how will they handle that fan situation with Chris Paul's family? Because it's the first time where Chris Paul, who I think is the head of the MBPA, yep. the union, was like, no, fuck that. Like something's got to be happening. Feels like something's going to take place right here, Q? I would, I would hope so. I applaud, uh, I applaud CP for not, not going over there and handling it himself. That being that close, I might have went over there myself. I had a team in Antonio Davis during the game. Uh, I forget what year we were playing for the Knicks. We were in Chicago, and somebody, he, his wife was getting into it with somebody. He beeline literally from on the court, off the, stepped over the scores table, went out there and grabbed his wife, and then you know he ended up getting suspended two games for that. But it was like it was the craziest thing. But I understood it. If I was that close and this is mom and his wife and his family, like, nah, that that's that that's that's crossing the line. How do they fix that? How do they fix that whole situation in the NBA? Because the NBA, like that type of uh like getting that personal with the game, being that close to the game is a massive part of the upside for how much they charge all the people down close to the court. But it feels like it's been uh, much more active as of late. And do you think it's a society situation? Do you think it's a generational thing? How do they fix it or can they? Yeah, I mean, I, when you say how do they fix it, it's a tough thing because as a player, we have family seats and our seats are, you know, kind of scattered right there amongst the crowd. And, you you know, you expect the society and the people. You don't want to, you know, ruin the whole experience and the fan experience because you have a few idiots here and there that are doing stupid things. Hopefully, as a society, we can police ourselves and police our, police each other and continue to, you know, everything to be harmonious the way it has, has been in the past. But there as of go. late, like you're saying, it has been getting out of hand, I feel. Quentin, when you're watching Dallas play, or when I watch Dallas play, I see Luca and what he does. The dude is so crafty and so big and can shoot from anywhere to these crazy shots. Like, what when these guys practice, what do they do offensively? What do you say? Hey, like, here we go. Clear out, fellas. He might get you a shot. Be ready if he, he dishes to you. Like, are they running set plays over and over? That dude has the ball the whole game, I feel like. Uh, I mean, obviously, every team is going to have their offensive sets and things like that. But superstars, you know, they, they dictate what happens in the game. And, and Luke is one of the best at it. He, that's why he's, a you know, an all-NBA guy, all-star and everything else he is. He, he's one of the best at manipulating the defense and manipulating the game, as well as the referees and making, making him very tough to officiate because he can – Sometimes it looks like it's a foul, but it's really not. Sometimes it may be because he's bigger than guys, and sometimes he may get fouled, and it may not look like it. So he he's a difficult player to you know to officiate and a game plan for, and also probably play alongside. And hopefully they'll be able to find the right pieces down there because he is a superstar, another superstar that we're not going to see anywhere near enough of. It feels like Joker's a guy, huh? Hey, this is a guy. They they put up all his stats: two thousand, one thousand five hundred. Like the first guy to ever do that. Yeah, first two thousand, one thousand five. 500 season ever first average 25 13 and 6 in a season ever he's averaging 27 14 and 8 first player in top 10 uh for points per game rebounds per games assists per games field goal percentage in the last 50 seasons highest per ever a worthy mvp back to back he's out right they're not they're no longer in the playoffs how hey this i never see him either it feels like i I don't really know much about him if you're not an avid basketball fans uh, i feel like you don't get to see as much as this guy how much longer is this dude going to be able to do this at his size and are we missing out on the prime of somebody who's a fucking absolute game changer and joker Uh, i don't think i mean 
when you say, you know, people that, that don't watch basketball, I don't know how much of you're going to see of him off the basketball court. He's not somebody who's on social media, who's making himself very available in that aspect. I think he's a kind of a, you know, a personal dude with his family and things like that. But as far as him being on the court, you, you're right. He's he's absolutely a, 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 a boy and a man in this game. And um, yeah, I think he's going to be good like this for, for at least three, four, five more years because the thing about him, he doesn't have – he doesn't rely on an overwhelmingly like you know athleticism or, or a big strong muscular thing. Like everything you you look at him, you think he's on the backside of his career right now. Is when you just look at his physical, he doesn't do anything like athletically that, that jumps off the page. But his fundamentals and his his skill at passing and his footwork and, and the things he can do close to the basket, being able to shoot the three. Being able to really be a point center, you know, running and initiating offense from the top of key is, is all those things are out of this world and off the chart. And those things really don't deteriorate that quickly with age. Those are like the last things to go is usually your athleticism and speed and things like that. And he relies on none of that. What is he, seven foot three, seven foot two? I think he's seven foot. Seven something. I know he's at least seven feet. I'm not sure if he's seven three, but he's seven something. Usually seven footers now, obviously Shaq is uh, different. And I assume there's more that I'm missing out on. And I apologize. But he is, he moves like he's literally center point center or whatever. Hit watching him play like three games. And I'm like, wow, I fucking missed the boat on this. <laughs> I missed the boat on it. It happened to be the night where he did that no look in the pain and then did some other stuff. He was wide open. I'm like, who? What is this guy? Back to back MVPs. Congratulations. Yeah, man. Here we go. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Quentin, uh, obviously Jason Tatum didn't have his greatest game on Saturday. Do you think it would be wise as a Celtics fan to bet on him to score 40, 50 points <laughs> tonight just because, you know, if the Celtics don't win, we're in a pretty uh, tough spot? This sounds like me talking to either my nephew or two of my best friends who do the do the, the draft kings and the fan duel and all that. I, I'm terrible at, at, at saying whether you should bet with or with. I, I think that Tatum responds and he has a big game. But I mean, the game actually kind of dictates whether it's going to be 30, 40, 50. Because he's, I believe he'll have a big game, but that big game could be 25 and 12 and like eight assists or something. But I understand for for the sake of your betting, I'm terrible at giving advice on that. Dude, Jason Tatum, 40 points plus 1,000. This well, is right in your fucking brain. Well, I mean, what is it for a triple double? Because he's going to have 25, 12, and 8. So you might as well just take triple double then. His over under, though, 28 and a half points. That feels very attainable for a guy coming off a bad game, especially who he is. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, I think, I think he responds. I think, you know, that for them to go where they uh, want to go, they need Tatum to lead and, and, and to play well like he's been doing. Go ahead, Tone. Uh, Q Rich, um, so this kind of bothered me. Uh, Memphis's head coach kind of used the word yanked when he was talking about Jordan Poole um, and what happened to John Morant's knee and stuff like that. It didn't look dirty at all to me, but, like, the way that he came out in the press conference and, and said yanked like that, how did you see the, the whole play? Uh, I kind of agree with, you know, with, with, with what's being said. Kind of like that's kind of to me, that's like coaching and posturing. You know, they had they lost Dylan Brooks for a game basically because of, of what Steve Kerr came out and how he addressed it. And, and hey, you know, the heat of the moment, maybe maybe Memphis coach thought that, that, that he could influence that in some way. But I, I totally disagree. I don't think, you know, that the play was dirty or the Jordan Poole is dirty. I mean, you know, when I'm as a player, I always view it two ways. I look at what actually, you know, was done in the act and in the play, and then who is the person doing it? What is his history? Has he ever done things like this? And 
and neither one of them match up. The play, you know, he was reaching for the ball. We all know when you're reaching and you're trying to strip it something, it's a chance you hit his knee, leg, calf, anything, or anything that's in that space. It's not necessarily saying, like, you know how precise and how quick he would have had to change his thought to say, oh, right here, right now, I'm about to grab his knee. Like, that's crazy. It wasn't intentional. And then when you look at Jordan Poole's history, he's never done anything questionable or anything questionably dirty in the history that I could think of. And nothing has come up since he's done it. And, you know, if he did anything, they would have threw it up there at us far already. So very quick, not dirty. So I don't I don't agree with that. OK, let's move to uh, Memphis, which is absolutely uh, glorious. John Moran out with a knee injury, but their record without him is mm-hmm. very good. It's like 22 and five or something like that. Why is that? Because in football, sometimes when a star player goes out, everybody else has to lift their game and the game plan isn't necessarily just revolving around them. Is that similar to the basketball game or why do you think they've had so much success without their outright superstar who everybody seems to love? I think they're they're a very unique team in a very unique situation because when you have a, a superstar at the talent level and at the you know ability and what he's translated to when he's played for that team, you, you usually would see a team take a big step down and lose a big something. But for whatever reason, these guys have thrived when he's out. Guys have stepped up and filled in. You know, Tyus Jones has been great at backing up point guard, and other guys have stepped up and made up for what he would, you know, certainly deliver on his from his points and everything. So, I mean, they're, they're, to me, they're a unique situation because most, almost all of not, you know, almost all of those teams that had a superstar at his level, when they lose him, they're going to not be as good of a team. Go ahead, Ty. Quentin, these playoffs have been awesome so far, and I feel like whenever we talk about other sports, people always mention how the speed of the game picks up big time during the playoffs. Is that the same deal in the NBA? I mean, it doesn't because, you know, anytime you hear about, like, guys getting sped up, it's usually in, like, a negative connotation. What is the biggest difference, you think, as a guy who, who played between the playoffs and the regular season? I think that the biggest difference between the playoffs and the, and, the, and the regular season is that now everything is, is much more intense. Everything is game plan. Like if, if you're going 82 games, it's, it's a game here, a game there. You're just moving along. It's a different scouting report every other day. Once you get to this seven-game series, everything has to be better because now we, we they're, they're game planning and locking in on all tendencies, plays. You got to have like the great coaches have different plays that they bring up here and there in the playoffs that they save that you might see one one time or two times the whole year. Then you have to go into those type of situations. And I think everything is just hype, man, from the crowd to the to the every game being on TV. You go from, you know, if you're a team that hadn't been on national TV a lot, every single game is on national TV. And that's a different aspect than what you're used to on a regular game. And I think everything that, you know, mental focus and everything is just heightened. It's, 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 a, it's a different game. The game is called different. I feel like the, the refs let you play a little more harder and physical and, and let things go that necessarily wouldn't go in the, you know, early, early season um, time. So playoffs is when it's it, man. That's when, that's when the legends are made. I don't want to sound like a layman or a noob or a casual, but, <laughs> I mean, every game being on primetime television, like this is when the NBA season starts for a lot of people. That has to be a realistic thought for the superstars, right? Like LeBron not being a part of this has to be killing him, right? Uh, absolutely. I mean, LeBron wouldn't be LeBron if he wasn't pissed about not making the playoffs and not being, you know, playing in these playoffs and being a part of the biggest moment. I mean, he don't, you don't make it to being, you know, the best player in the world or the best player of a generation and all of the things that LeBron is, is, is known to be. He's going to be top three, top five, wherever people want to argue and make them. 
but he wouldn't be able to be that if he didn't have that competitive fire that sitting this out absolutely crushes him and, and, and gives him fuel to go get back right so next year this doesn't happen again. Have you hopped into the top five game before in the past, and what is it? Uh, you mean with LeBron? No, just players of all time. Have you done that? Are you a guy that does that? Because I am not somebody that would do that, but if you have done it in the past, <laughs> I would like to hear it. I don't I do not do it much. I just leave it off and say that Michael is the best ever, and I'm not debating that with anybody. MJ, Michael Jordan. Best ever. Don't you think what makes it what makes him the best? <laughs> everything. Everything you've seen. His scoring, like he did everything at the highest level on both sides of the basketball. He was a defensive player of the year. He's led the league in assists. Obviously, he's led the league in scoring millions of times. But the biggest stat is that he made it to the NBA championship finals six times and he lost zero times. And he never went to a game seven because he made damn sure of it. He wasn't gonna be one. <laughs> Absolute dog. <laughs> He's an absolute dog, too. But don't you think LeBron would have played well in that era as well? Do you, they both would have played well in each I other's do. era. I don't, I'm not, I don't think I, – I think LeBron would have dominated and played well in any era. I do. I think he would have been great in that era. What about I like – I think Michael is the GOAT. What about like Shaq and them? Isn't there like different rankings, too? Because who could stop Shaq one-on-one back in the day whenever he was in stop? I, I don't think anybody – my my. I don't. I can't speak for the for the Bill Russells, the Kareem's, and the Wills, but from what I see, what I saw of Shaq when I came in the NBA in 2000, I don't think anybody in the history of the game could have could have was was like more dominant and more physically over you know overpowering than Shaquille O'Neal. Period. Like they can argue about skills and this that. When you say most dominant, you talking about a force of nature. They call him the eighth wonder of the world for a reason. Like <laughs> who was unbelievably like dominant massive huge he was like man strong ain't even a word for it It was crazy and he's by the way still dominant he was selling printers oh yeah, yeah. he's on every he is <laughs> he is the man dj still getting gigs yeah that, that thing's only growing like this i mean he's awesome he became the face of frosted man, flakes too did he? And Papa John's. Bought J.C. Yeah. Penny. Shakaroni bought J.C. Penny. Sold his thing from uh, Reebok to start his own thing. I mean, he yeah. is. Fucking cop, sheriff. And, he, yeah. and the coolest dude ever. The coolest, nicest dude ever. That's the best part about him. A big fella always wants somebody to have a good time and have fun. And he's one of the best dudes ever. Wow. Absolute legend. As are you, sir. Who's going to win it all this year? Man, right now. I gotta go if 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 Milwaukee can get by Boston, which they probably are, right? No, no, no. I don't know, but it's if if they can get past Boston, it's hard for me to go against them because Giannis is showing me again in the first two games. I thought Boston had them figured out, like okay, they can, you know, like the game one they kind of stunned them, but then game two he came back and, and game three too. So now it's like he's showing me right now that he. He he he's saying I'm the best player in the world. I'm the best player in the world. It's like I'm figuring everything y'all try to throw at me out. Y'all say back off me. I'm gonna hit a jumper. Y'all say crowd him and do all this. Like he's finding a way to still plow his way to those crazy unstoppable numbers and, and helping his team get wins. No, you guys are dead. No, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, man. You're the best, dude. All right, anytime, fellas. Thank you. Hey, great job on first take. You guys killed it, ladies and gentlemen. Co-host the Knuckleheads Podcast, Quentin Richardson. Yeah. Yeah. AJ, um, you have anything on uh, Magic Johnson joining the group led by 76ers owner Josh Harris uh, uh, by the Broncos? 
Uh, no, I do not have anything on that. Hopefully they win. Good luck to him. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a lot of money. Um, we need Magic doing more uh, dumbbell curls on his yacht. I love when he does that. Yeah, Magic on his yacht is always awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then his tweets are always like, hey, it's sunny in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> so, He's amazing. <laughs> He's the best. And he just released that doc on Apple TV. He's not as good as Elon Musk is at Twitter. No. Who, oh, yeah. In case I die... 170,000 retweets. Unreal. I, it, was, it was nice knowing you guys. Russia's got me right in crosshairs right now. <laughs> yeah. It's not just Russia, by the way. He owns Twitter, the largest town uh-huh. square on earth that can yield a lot of power potentially. There's probably a lot of people that would like to see Elon go back to the planet he came from. Oh, yeah. yeah. But we need him. Sorry. We need him. He's our guy. Yeah, he, still, he has a lot of work to do still. So does he... No, the American what? government What's wouldn't, that? wouldn't feel the need to protect him. Not that they're trying to at all. Well, I think America has adopted him. No, what I'm saying, like, shouldn't don't, doesn't the world kind of need Elon at this point? Yeah. So I shouldn't think so. we have some sort of protective? Sure. Depends who you ask, bud. Maybe the CIA yeah, does. I know, AJ. I know, I know, I know. Well, allegedly he was working with CIA, right? That's what was said in, uh, or the Pentagon dropped off the Starlink. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. That's what the Russian. Which is bad news bears. How about he tweeted at the guy that said he wants to die on his platform. This is what this guy just said about me, which is like basically Elon needs to die. That guy's tweets are protected. And Elon owns the... Yeah. <laughs> what a wild scene. Elon's got to wake up every day and be like, what the fuck? Is going <laughs> What's going on today? What is going on? Somebody on my platform just made an announcement that he wants to kill me. And then I'm going to quote tweet it, and I'm going to say, nice knowing you. <laughs> this is all on Twitter happening at the same time. Wild stuff. The best. Let's go to uh, Isaiah in Phoenix. Beautiful city, Isaiah. Oh, Beautiful city. What's going Are on? Are they going to beat the Mavs? Well, Luca, ho. No. Says little Wayne. No. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Keep it knowing. Hell yeah. Keep it knowing. <sighs> this is not good. Hey, anyway, my question is, uh, what do you guys think about the Falcons taking Desmond Ritter over Malik Willis? Apparently, there's a report that came out. It said Willis lacked signature moments in college, and uh, that's why the Falcons ended up going with Ritter. Well, I mean, they could say that he played at Liberty. Any, anybody could say that he played at Liberty at any given point, Isaiah. You know what I mean? Are you in Phoenix? You're a Mavs fan? You don't like the uh, Suns? No, no. Uh, I'm a Bucks fan. Go to hell. Um, well, they're about to bury the Celtics. No, okay. no, no. Oh, no, no yeah, not. the Celtics stink. Connor, no, sorry. Not true. The refs, they wouldn't have won on Saturday. What? What? Trash call to end the game. Marcus Smart was shooting three. It should have been three free throws to tie the game. I agree. 100% agree. Maybe yeah. go Celtics. Probably yeah. should have. Uh, Desmond Ritter, what do you say? Everybody's going to fucking pay for this or something like uh-huh. that? Yeah. They fucked up. Got him fucked up. He's a dog, I think. That's why... I'd assume Artie Smith is very pumped to have him in the building. He was compared to Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota's there for at least a year or two to show him maybe how to be an NFL pro. He's been around. I don't is Desmond Ritter the future of the Atlanta Falcons? Is that how it's being painted? I don't think so, right? This is like maybe. Yeah, it feels like, like I mean round? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a maybe. Could yeah. be. Yeah. We'll see. But they're hoping know. they're hoping it's a great value pick. Then he does turn in to be that that guy. I mean, what's the only question I guess I haven't watched enough of him playing. I know he started for 60 years it feels like at UC and won a ton of games but True. didn't they say he's just not as accurate as other guys at least in college yeah but I mean they can make it seems pretty accurate to me I'd have to watch all of his throws again but I don't know I think it's a great pick in the third round are you kidding me that with how athletic he is too like I, I like what he can do well and he's just been in the moments which I think is big for maturity you know like I think maturity he's played with a lot of expectation too don't you think he where he's the guy he started for so many years 
you see, especially these last two seasons, have had all eyes on them. Hey, if we lose one game, we're screwed. Went from zero expectations to all the expectations. He was able to handle it all. I think it's yeah. worth something. Value, third round pick, why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they have time, right? Like, obviously, it's Brady and the Bucks, but all the other teams, like the Saints, Jameis, two years, the Carolina Panthers are still looking for a quarterback. Like, if he does get any sort of playing time this year and does well, then they kind of have a future where every other team in the division doesn't really have that guy. They'll be able to make an excuse about anybody, though. Like him saying, Malik doesn't have any signature college. Well, he played at fucking Liberty. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, they had the... Um... Has that ever been a knock before on a quarterback? I, I haven't heard that as a knock on a player. Well, they just make shit up whenever they don't like yeah. somebody, you know? Like, they can just make shit up. Oh, they won the Ticonderoga 2 <laughs> trophy. But yeah. is that, does that mean anything when you're talking about Lombardi's? Like, anybody can make up anything if they don't like somebody. I mean, they said the same thing about Josh Allen kind of yeah, coming out, right. him playing at Wyoming. It was just he was so, you know, he's an athletic freak. But also, if, like, the Falcons really stink this year and they're in, like, the top three picks next year, getting rid of this year isn't going to deter them from yeah. drafting a quarterback. Yeah, I think it's a maybe. We'll see. All right, let's get out of here. Let's go enjoy this one. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Enjoy your golf game. I don't know if it's going to be hard to get on any course. Well, I don't know. Because maybe people uh, aren't golfing today. Hit some balls in the lake. You think it's Steve's course? A lot of courses are closed on Monday. A lot of country clubs. No. Most of the first really nice day of the year here, the courses are going to be open. Yeah. People are going to be playing. Like South Grove, maybe? I'm many. not playing at that place. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, Steve's course. I just Steve's course would be wide open today. Yeah. Well, most wide days, open. I thought. Well. They got that cat running around. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> fucking great. What? They got a great cat. Just lives on the property. Fucking moved in. How you doing? I live here now. Tom cat runs around at night, fucks everything around town, <laughs> comes back, sleeps on a couch in the bro shop every day. That's Steve's course. Really? <laughs> yeah. Cat's awesome, too. Cat's great very cat. cool. If you're allergic to cats, they're not the course for you because sure. that cat is going to be around. Mm. Hot dog's pretty good. Steve makes it with love and care. <laughs> oh. Burger's not bad. Okay. Who is Steve? The owner? Yeah. Owner, tour pro, Ground chef, groundskeeper. Yep. Wow. Wait, did you know him before this? Wise or? Sage. No. I literally, as soon as I walked in, the way Steve was handling himself, I had, this is your course, huh? The way he was talking, he's like, yeah, yeah, it's my course. I'm like, here we go. Steve's course. So I started diving in now a little bit more, and I ordered a hot dog accidentally. He went to the back. He made it actually. And I said, you guys have anything else? You do? We got burgers, too. Might as well take a burger. Give me one of them. Steve goes back, takes a burger. I'm trying to support small business, you know, and then yeah. this fucking cat comes out, and I started looking around the pro shop, and I started looking around, and I'm like, uh, who picks up? Steve does. Steve picks sure. Out Five-tool <laughs> player. Yeah, he's, Steve's the guy. Fucking love him. Nice course. Oh. Gorgeous. Yeah. Well, it depends how you. <laughs> the weather is tough. The weather got a lot of character. A lot of character. The weather's tough here in Indiana. There was a couple tee boxes that didn't even have like boxes really. But <laughs> that was early in the year, early in the yeah. season, wasn't it? I assume today Steve brought his best stuff. Mm-hmm. It has grass. There are eighteen holes in the ground. What? So I can ask for. It's a big part of it. That was a nine-hole course. What? Yeah, I just thought maybe just two nine. Hole, on, you know, dude. you run it back. See that you're gonna say something like four different times. I think you pump fake going into that small little microphone. Oh no, yeah, I was just say a uh, picture of Jim Mercy just came out from the the, the kicking the stigma, and he looks good. Ladies and gentlemen, this picture of Jim Mercy. Oh <laughs> yes, I believe uh, he's uh, auctioning off the uh, Kurt Cobain iconic guitar from uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit right now. To his right, Kaylin Ursay, his youngest daughter. To his left, I don't know. Maybe something to do with the auction. Yeah, it might be a curator of uh, yeah. guitars. Look at some desk. Desk. That's some Peter King in them. <laughs> uh, that is his desk. I'm what right. does that mean, Connor? Guy kind of looks like Peter King. Oh, that's his mean? office? 
I'm thinking. I don't know. I don't. I don't. He's got guitars hung up. It's got to be something. One of his offices. It's a great desk. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. The helmets in the back too. Golly. All right. Hope everybody gets in the game. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. All right, out of here. I guess I'm stabbing me in the nose. I can't take it anymore. That's <laughs> the deal. I'm sick of this. When you got a big sniffer, though, things can happen. Mm-hmm. We're back tomorrow with a massive show. Hell AJ, yeah. AJ, who are you booking on the show tomorrow? Big Tuesday tomorrow. I got a couple people, in, you know, in the works right now. I'll let you know tomorrow. Oh, uh, you got a couple lines in the water out there? Yeah, we'll see. Here we go. We'll see if they this come week. back. It is Tuesday. You chumming a little bit out there? Always chumming. Always chumming. Always chumming. Chumming. Always chumming. Jerry like was poopies. Ch- when poopies got his hand cut off, bit off. <laughs> All right, we hope Poopy's okay. Poopy's is broke, too, man. I feel bad. You got to buy his merch. <laughs> I'll buy Poopy's merch. But I, I don't think it's sold out. But Poopy's has no idea if his merch company's operating or not. That guy's got no brain. But I do appreciate <laughs> Come on, now. He doesn't. You know, we all saw it. I think that's what we love about Poopy's. Yeah, I'd like to get Poopy's on. If Poopy's sees this, I would love to have you on this program. Poopies. Me as well, Poopy's. I'd like to have you on the show as Thank well. Oh, yeah. Like, learn Someone more. send this to him. Need you, Poopy's. We need Poopy's on the show. Come on, Poopy's. And a big Poopy. Come on now, Poopy's. Come on now, Poopy's. Love to talk to Poopy's about his life decisions. <laughs> yeah. Sound awesome. He's electrifying. Can't wait to chat with him and more. That's tomorrow, right, AJ? That's tomorrow, hopefully, yeah. Come on, Poopy's. Come through for us. All right. That's how you book a show. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Bye.